Hello out there everyone in Good Hang Land. This is John. And this is Nathan. And this is episode 8 of Good Hang. Hello! Episode 8. Thank you guys for sticking around for 8 episodes. What? That's crazy. We talked a lot, we talked about a lot of stuff this episode, didn't we Nathan? We did. We opened up with We Were Your Shit, and of course we feature a iTunes comment. We haven't gotten much of those, but we got an iTunes comment from an Australian listener. From the land down under where they put shrimps on barbies and whatnot, eh? I, I do a much better Australian accent, I promise. Yeah, wait, it's going to be amazing. Then in uh, What You've Been Up To, uh, we actually spent a bunch of time together this week. So uh, we talked about board games that we played. Yep, we That's, talked about Ant-Man, which we watched. And there are spoilers, so do be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the news this week, what was in the news, John? Well, seaweed that tastes like bacon. <gasps> and the world exploded. The world exploded for another reason. Because we have freaking volcano sharks now. Yep, sharks that live in volcanoes. What the as hell if, is going on? As if volcanoes weren't scary enough. As if sharks weren't scary enough. You gotta put them together. Crazy. That's nuts. So, for those of you that are not as... Uh, for those those of you that are faint of heart, we did talk about some Emmy news. Uh, some yes. Emmy nominations. And we talk about some of our TV shows that we like from these picks. And talking about TV shows... The favorite thing of the week, 90s cartoons. Oh, that brought back memories, didn't it? So many memories. <laughs> Nathan cried like a bitch. Hey. It was so good. Uh, check this shit out. We talked about last week, which was, for me, Archer. And for me, it was Seven Days in Hell. Very weird show. And of course, you know, if you want to check out what we checked out this week, listen you on. Gotta listen, gotta listen. So that's what's coming up on this episode. Good hang, episode eight. Goodbye. I love you. I will never forget you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Oh, we should have started like half an hour earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not tired, but like, I'm just starting to get, get sick of just sitting here. <laughs> you want to stand up and do some stretching? No, I'm good. Do some yoga. Sitting yoga. <sighs> Baby Bendova. Baby Bendova. Let me see you do that yoga. How many people do you think there are in the world named... Are we recording, by the way? Yeah. Because I've got some good stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, how many people in the world do you think are named Ben Dover? Ben Dover? Like, last yeah. name Dover, first name Ben. Yeah. Um, or like Mike Hunt, one of, the, one of those guys. Yeah, Mike Hunt, definitely. I, there is... The, oh, no, that's, his name's Mark Hunt. Um, Mike you Hunt know is, someone named Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt. No, Mark Hunt is an MMA fighter. Oh, yeah. Mike Hunt yeah. definitely exists. Um, ben Dover definitely exists. I, I think one that um, we have um, that is really good is Harry Seward. Harry Seward? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? You know that person? No, no. I just think it's, it's such a... It, that's awesome. I think you can get away with that one. Because I, I think with like... Um, what's that? Mike Hawk? Mike Hunt. Or, oh, Mike Hunt. Mike Hawk. Or... Um, uh, what was the other one you just said? Ben, ben, ben Dover. Dover. Like, see, if you're not at, like, the shopping mall, like, um, PA thing, the guy would be like, you're pulling my leg, go away. Yeah. But if, like, Harry Seward, I think you can get away with that. Yeah, I man, I'm just, I'm just going on Facebook now, just typing Mike, let me, talk, let me put Michael Hunt. Michael Hunt. Let's see how many comes up. No, you can, you can definitely get away with Harry Seward, though, because that one takes you, like, a That's good a 10 seconds. One. That one get, that one takes you, like, 10 seconds to think about, and by the time you think about it, you've already said it. Oh, yep. A couple, there's a Michael Hunt. I have one mutual friend with him. Can you check Harry Seward? Let's check out Harry Seward. Let's go H-A-R-Y. What? S-E-W-A-R-D? No, S-E-A-W. Oh, yeah. oh wow. There's tons of Harry Seward. There's tons <laughs> of Harry Seward. <laughs> S-E-A and S-E. Uh, That's a great name. What a great name to have. What is that? Are you making the song up? No. <laughs> 
Holy. Holy. All right. Let's start this. Yeah. Let's start this. Do it. Hello there, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome to Good Hang, episode eight. I know you're waiting for me to do that thing that I usually yeah, do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting with bated breath. I can't. I didn't think of one this week. Oh, you suck. Oh, you're fine. How about this? If this episode were a movie Quentin Tarantino is currently working on, it would be a very hateful one. Yeah. How about hey, that? that was quick. I like that How about that, that? Yeah. I was going to say, if this is the number of toes you have, then you must be a Simpsons character. Oh. Hey. Wait, wait. But here's... Have we ever seen their toes? Do they have four toes as well? Oh, I'm assuming, huh? Yeah. The number of fingers you have. Yeah. They're they definitely have, a Simpsons yes, character. Yes, they have four fingers. We don't know. Or you had a very unfortunate accident. Mm. I, yeah. know, I know a guy that like lost a finger. Really? Yeah. How? Um, it was in, like, the, in in Afghanistan. No, it was like he, it was working with like the what do you call it? Like the home ec equipment. No, not like, home ec. Sorry, like uh, a sewing machine. Not home ec. What was that subject? We called it DNT. Um, DNT. Yeah, it was called DNT back in secondary like school. Yes, woodshop. It was oh designing technology. There you go. Ah. But we basically just worked with like cutting wood, making plastic molds and stuff. And this guy like basically got his finger caught in like the sander. Oh, and it was like zip. Off it, off it goes. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Like Ned Stark's head. Spoiler. Did you have a new nickname? Uh, no. Should have gotten like. We just it was very unfortunate. We didn't really talk. Amit about it. Nine Fingers. We didn't really talk about it around him because it was it was unfortunate. Because it's not funny in real. Because if it happens in yeah. real life, I guess so. It's I'd funny. Hypo- it's it funny, funny hypothetically, but then like in real life, it's kind of like oh. When you see them, when the blood's in the air, you only have and the fingernails on the floor. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. Ah, shoot. Episode eight. This it's cool, man. Thank yeah. you, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for telling a friend. Thank you guys for um, being a part of this good hang gang that we have. Yeah, here. I um, love you guys. I love you. And if you haven't yet, go on our Facebook page and like us because we're on ninety-seven, which kind of makes me uh, embarrassed to say such a low number. But uh, we're three away from one hundred. That's okay. And this is only going to keep going. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I could have plugged this page like crazy on like the Instagrams, on the Facebooks, on whatever. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to see how it would grow organically. Yeah. I was very curious to see how this thing would grow organically without us having to invite a thousand friends to try like it. Um, and I have to say, like, I'm quite happy with, you know, the slow growth that we have. It is definitely not like, you know, super, we've blown up like crazy. We're like the number one podcast in the world. No. We are still a very slow growing organization, I yeah. guess you'd call it. But I kind of like that. I think this is the way to do it because the people that you have on the ground floor, you really keep them. I feel like I feel like you, you, you there, you, listener, you, you, listener, you with the headphones on right now. Um, if you've been of us since episode one, thank you so much. I I think this is like the uh, the good group that we have over here. You yeah. know, like they they relate to us. They they understand us. They uh, submit content and everything. We've got a good thing going. You know, and I think to grow this organically would just mean that we multiply these kinds of people as opposed to like just casual, like high by people. You yeah. Know? Like I've, I've listened to, I've met a lot of people who are like, oh, who are my friends who listen to because I plugged it on my thing because I don't have many people to plug it to. But they were like, you know, I don't listen to podcasts. It's the first time I listen to it. And I like it. And now I'm listening to other podcasts. Yay. So, you know, give it to friends who you think might enjoy it because they'll enjoy it and we'll enjoy in them enjoying it. <laughs> we'll enjoy their enjoyment of our enjoying talking to you you got there yeah yeah um so speaking of you guys the fans i say we read your shit we read their shit listen to us talk all day you've got things you wanna say all you do is ask we read your shit all right 
So I've got this little program, Nathan, called Comment Because I don't know if you know this, but we're getting, we're getting reviews on iTunes from around the world. Around the world, around the world. Around the world. Copyright. Copyright doesn't matter. Anyway, we get comments from around the world. Unless you're logged in to, unless your iTunes is of that country, then you're not going to see the reviews. Mm. So, for example, I have Singapore um, reviews, and I can see the, the, we have some there. But we have one from Australia. Because Australia. this program sees all the different iTunes nationalities it is beyond my yeah. understanding but you have this thing that aggregates all the comments that we get from around the world so yep. we got one from australia come yeah, on so let's come maybe on. this one this is from calorine from australia and because nathan loves accents so much why don't you read it in the australian action calorine yeah that's like calories and chlorine put together it's like a ballerine with calories it's like a calzone and urine it's like a calendar and a submarine. It's like kale and pork rinds. That's perfect. All right, read this thing. Go, Nathan. All right. <clears throat> Australian accent. Australian right? accent. Let's, let's go New South Wales, to be more specific. Don't know that, but okay, I'll try. Great podcast. I've been listening to this podcast when Irish. <laughs> okay, try again. Commit. I've been listening to this podcast while waiting for the train on public <laughs> transport and on the long walk home from the bus stop. Six episodes in, and it already feels like a good friend. You can really talk about things that matter. Nathan and John are funny and thoughtful, and listening to them has made the pockets of waiting time in life that much less boring. Sorry, Calorie. Oh, Calorie, that's really nice. That was almost as nice as Nathan's Pitch Perfect, New South Wales. I felt it was kind of blue mountainy. Nice. I, I thought that accent. was like I thought that was like the perfect New South Wales accent. Like everyone yeah. thinks that Australia's like ah, put the shrimp in the barbie or that <laughs> shit. No, man. Like that was a, a genuine Australian accent. Like you yeah. don't know, you don't know because you've never been there. Yeah, Neither have I? But still, yeah, you don't know. Have you yeah. ever been Australia? That's yeah. what they sound like. Yeah, man. But actually, I don't think we've read this one either. The one from Singapore. Oh, see, okay. I'm looking at these comments that you have. Mm. We have one from Australia, Singapore, Philippines, Australia, Philippines. God love you. You gave us five stars. Singapore, what's up? Singapore, you gave us four stars. Well, she don't want to get our she or he miss. She don't want us to get our you know like big heads. True that. Very yeah. Singaporean of you. I dig that. We still have an average of four point eight. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not too bad. So uh, yeah, you read this one from Saving Miss Banks. Banks in a singular Singaporean accent. I don't want to do that. No, just just read it in in an accent of any kind. Oh, okay. It's quite insane how two people just discussing random stuff on for almost two hours could be so exhilarating. Wait, entertain, entertaining, entertaining. No, it's just entertaining. Sorry, I just smudged my computer. Read, John. I thought it was like exhilarating mixed with entertaining. I was like, she made up a word. <laughs> but it is. Love to listen in when I'm trying to do my evening jogs, enjoying brunch slumps at work. John and Nathan are. Are we? Are we offending people? I think we might be okay. slightly bordering on the racist okay. line here. What? Like, like, but that, just, that happens more or less every. Episode. What? Just because? Why are people mad at my Chinese accent right now? They don't. They mad. Like, this is what people in China sound like. <laughs> this is what people in China do sound like. I'm sorry, John. In that you're one right. province, no, no, you're right. You're right. I'm just gonna go my natural yeah. accent. This is very nice. John and Nathan are natural entertainers, and their conversations are a breath of fresh air in an otherwise what I perceive to be a dry and product oriented atmosphere in Singapore. That shit was deep, yo. Yo. Thanks for this, guys. You are motivational, to say the least. Thank uh, you, Saving Miss Banks. You are awesome. Thank you, Saving Miss Banks. I mean, yeah, I mean, to both um, Calorine and Saving Miss Banks, uh, thank you for leaving comments on iTunes. 
And thank you for all those kind words. I mean, this is more or less what we do this for. You know, we want to be able to um, interact with you, help you kind of like pass the time and have you be engaged while you're sitting on the train or on your morning jogs yep. or on your commute. You know, as opposed to just listening to the same like, <laughs> shake it off, shake it off. Yeah, you're listening to this. You're listening to us talk about things that are relevant in the world today or things that were relevant in the world 20 years ago, whatever. Just, yeah. <laughs> At least you're engaged. And, you know, uh, th- thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, if if you'd like to leave a comment on our iTunes as well, um, please go for it. Um, if you want to click five stars, hey, why not? That's our favorite number. Yeah. If you want to click four stars, why don't you slip a little bit and go to the right? Yeah. If you want to click one star, really slip and click to the right to five stars. All right. I have a text message to read. Okay. This is from a friend who sent it to me. He said, uh, I was so proud of myself because the last episode I knew most of the references you guys were dropping. Tell Nathan that I can't wait to meet him. Also, fun fact, this is fun. The reasoning behind belt colors in traditional martial arts, particularly the Japanese and Korean ones, are because in the olden days, all belts were white. But over time, they get dirty, and you can't really make them white white. So the darker the belt, the more years, the more blood, the more sweat was put into training. It was then commercialized into colored belt systems. Isn't that interesting? Oh, that is pretty Mm. cool. Then he says, but there are some systems and styles of silat, for example, that start with black that start with black belts, and then you work your way up tonight from a murky knowledge to pure wisdom. That is not bad. Respect, See, right? What if, what if I was just a really unhygienic fighter, and like every time I took a shit, I just wiped my ass with my belt? I mean, that's you'd be faking it, man. But still, like people would be like, "Oh, look at his look at his belt. He's so legit. It's so legit. It's it has it has like stains on it and everything. Don't is mess that with that guy. I, I think they probably still would not want to mess with you. Because is that of the blood? Odor. He smells funny. I don't dare punch him. <laughs> he, he looks really badass. He smells weird. <laughs> that smell you smell is fear <laughs> and excrement. Excrement. But hey, man, like, um, thank you for the text. I I guess that counts as we read your shit. Cheers, don't, Liam. Don't text us <laughs> to the rest of you um, if you do find out our phone numbers by any chance. You know what? Right here, 8499. Hey there, listener. Nathan here, editing the episode. So at this point of the episode, John, for some reason, felt the need to reveal his phone number. Uh, So for the safety of John, as well as, let's be honest, you, uh, I've chosen to edit this out. So let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Enjoy the rest of Good Hang Episode 8. That's my number. Text me. I don't care. I can block you. What? (laughs) Text me. What's happening? I don't care. Whatever. 849. And he did it again. Go ahead. I'm going to edit that out. Just please out. don't call me. I'm going to edit that out. Just do it. Just call me. I'm going to edit. Eight, four, nine. Nope. And he did it again. Oh, gosh. I really need to have a talk with this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm editing that out. Um, Send uh, naked pictures of yourself, ladies. No, don't do that. We don't want prison. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk yeah, to us, is fine. if you want to talk to us, uh, leave us a message on Facebook, on iTunes, on our website, contact at goodhangpodcast.com. There's all these places you can contact us. So yeah, yeah, go for it. So thank you very much. That was Reap. Reap. Yo, shit. Yeah. Oh, and also, this is our this is the time when we do our plug section, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so so Nathan, you, you have weirdly nothing to plug right now, but I have something to plug. Uh, I am a part of an improv group with the Improv Company. You can see us on Facebook. We have a show coming up this Saturday. It's it's the, it's the our musical group. And you know what our group name is called? We're called the Les Musicables. 
The what? Les music, les music cables. The music cables. Les music cables. The music cables. That's the thing. You can pronounce it any way you want. Les oh. musicables. Les musicables. I, I like. It. I like les musicables. I get it. Anyway, we have a show coming up on Saturday night. I can't. Unfortunately, I can't go because I've been sick and I haven't been able to go to enough practices. But you guys should go. Um, I think. I'm. Let me get in contact with my with my boss. But I think if you go there and you say that I come from the land of good hangistan, you can get a discount at the door. Yeah, so if you want to watch some improv, you know, that thing comes by pretty rarely in Singapore. Uh, if you want to do that, go for it. Yeah. Um, I'll have plugs for you guys next week. I have some gigs uh, early August that you might be able to check out. Yeah. Um, but I'm fine for now. Yeah, so we'll put the deets for that gig on our website. Check it out. We'll put it on Facebook as well. So get on there. Get in contact with us because we'd love to read your shit. Yay. Text me. <clears throat> Don't text him, please. All right. What you been up to, John? What you been up to? When you see your bud and want to know what's new, you just gotta ask, hey, what buddy. you been up to? See, I don't know if you know, John, but I did make an alternate version of that jingle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to play it? Um, yeah, I'll play it. Here you go. When you see your bud and want to know what's new, you just gotta ask, what you been up to? When you meet a hoe and tear that ass in two, who do you tell? Hey, what buddy. What you been up to? It's just so dirty. <laughs> it's just so dirty, Nathan. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I felt like I, I, I was, I was, I was like struck. I think this. Oh, was, I see what you were going for. I think this was the what first. Fuck? I think this was the first jingle that I actually wrote for the show. When I was when I was like kind of like conceptualizing what what they should sound like, they shouldn't be so boring. They should have like some kind of kick to them, some kind of twist. Yeah. And then when I came up with that twist, I was like, okay, that went yeah. really. Well, dark. Actually, fun fact that went really. And my dark only claim really to fast. go, my only claim to go. This is the uh, the only one of the jingles where I actually wrote the I wrote the lyrics to it. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you wrote the tune, but I came up with the lyrics. Yeah, and then he then he put that really really dark. Then I made it filthy. That, really rapey vibes <laughs> brought that in hey man but like i, I i'm i'm kind of still set on keeping some of those elements maybe extending the jingle as yeah. it goes because i think that's like our shortest jingle yeah like when you maybe see we, your bird and maybe your we can skin. we can film a music video to it when we have some time like it's That'd be fun. like an eight second music video i don't know nathan i think we deserve to be youtube stars i think we should start a youtube channel good hang youtube See, like, I, I... Good YouTube. I, I admire the whole YouTube genre and the whole yeah. YouTube... Like, all, YouTubers in general. I admire you guys. You put in lots of work. You put in a lot of dedication into your content. Um, and I do consume a lot of YouTube content. Um, I just don't really see myself as a YouTube person, though, like a YouTube artist. But we would go about it a different way. We're not going to do that thing where we just look at a camera and constantly jump cut for... It just... It's like to make sure that there's no any gaps. No, we'll, we'll film some. I have some ideas. We're going we're gonna to film it. Okay, Look sure. out for that eventually. Well, I mean, if you do want to check out video, we did upload a video last week yep, on, our cool. on our Facebook page. Um, we did some cosplay, and we decided to take some video content yeah. of that. So do check that out on check our Facebook page. Check out that page. sexy cosplay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, video content at some point, I don't mind. I just don't feel very pretty on most days. So oh, don't, like, no, don't say don't that, because if you're content. not pretty, what does that make me? Gorgeous. Okay. All right, so John, what you been up to? What I've been up to? I've been up to. What you been up to? Yeah, I've been hanging out to a lot this week. I think this week we we have the same things in common for what you've been up to. Yes. So we're gonna talk about two things here. We're gonna talk about board games. Yes. As well as a mini spoiler-free review of Ant-Man. Oh, we're not gonna spoil it then. 
We're not going to spoil it, no. I, I warned people to go watch it. I went on Facebook. I mean, you went on Facebook. Yes. And told people to watch it. That was a funny post that you posted with a f- picture of Paul Rudd's abs. That was funny, Nathan. Those sexy abs. Yeah. Um, Actually, I, I don't know. I guess we can spoil it, but okay, I'll put a warning here. We'll put a spoiler warning. We'll do yes. we'll do like a, a spoiler-free bit and then be like, okay, now we're going to get into the spoilers because there's and a I'll lot put, of juicy and I'll put, stuff. Like, I'll edit in like a timestamp and I'll go yeah. like skip to this time after like, in post. I'll be like, skip to this time if you do not want it to be spoiled. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, so first of all, board games. Board games. So we got after last week's episode, Nathan and I were so interested in each other's games that we we decided to go play them. Yes. So we got together. We got some friends together. We. I have a photo of that. I will upload it of yeah. us deep in the thralls of citadels. Yeah. So we played citadels and we also played pandemic. What yes. did you think of pandemic? We played pandemic so, first. So pandemic was the game that John introduced to me. Yeah, and it was my citadels. Board game. Citadels was the game that um, I introduced to John. So pandemic is basically a board game about um, a bunch of players cooperating towards. Um, preventing a disease from spreading all around the world. Yep. So it is a cooperative game. There is no, like, you know, going against each other. You are going against the game. And the game is trying to kill you and take over the world. Um, I really dug this game. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot more complicated, but it was a nice, simple concept. It was just right in that sweet spot, right? Up. Yeah. Not too simple. Yes. But, and there's, like, a lot of good strategic yeah, yeah. thought you have to put into it, right? Very straightforward like gameplay, but at the same time, there's so many cooperative elements to it. Mm-hmm. That like I, okay, I like how this game is different in the sense that you can just talk openly about what you want to do, mm-hmm. and like the person next to you can just go like, oh yeah, but okay, don't do that yet. I'm gonna do this first, and then like you can help me out again by doing that. And it's just awesome. Like because you actually need teamwork. Yeah. Like without if you don't work well as a team, or if someone takes over and like but tells everyone to do it, yeah. ruins the experience. You have yeah. to have a good team. You have to have good camaraderie. It's, it's what I love about that game. It feels like you're actually Captain Planet. Yeah, <laughs> we're the Planeteers. More or less. They can be one too. Yeah, but I really dug it. Um, Choosing our planet is the thing to do. I even saw like the, their expansions to it and everything. Looting and They're, looting like, is not the way. Um, and I'm so into it. My dog is barking outside. Because someone's ringing the old dowel bell. I'm going to grab my dog and bring it in. Grab it! Oh, so here you go, guys. Um, Shut your hoe mouth. Um, if you have a slight interest in board games, or a big interest in board games, and you don't know about it yet... Go on YouTube and check out the channel. Uh, it's actually Geek and Sundry, but check out Tabletop with Will Wheaton. Uh, Will Wheaton, who of Star Trek fame, who is the narrator of Ready Player One, uh, which we'll probably talk about eventually. I think I think most people know of him from The Big Bang Theory. Actually, yeah, probably The Big Bang Theory. Honest. He's Sheldon's like nemesis. Yeah, Wheaton. <laughs> anyway, he has a show where he just gathers some friends together and plays a bunch of board games. Mm-hmm. So Pandemic's on there. They haven't done Citadels for some reason. but Because that game is hard to display. Probably, right? Yeah. That's probably it. So they've done that. They've done Ticket to Ride. They've done all the big ones. So check that out. You can get an idea of what the game's like, how to play the game. Yeah. It's a pretty fun channel. I've watched every episode because I'm a nerd. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what do you think of Citadels, John? I love Citadels. Citadels is fun. <laughs> See, the cool thing about Pandemic is that you get a special role, which... You know, decides how that you manipulate the game and how you play it. Citadels is, is where you're constantly switching roles, but there's like a poker element because you you pick a role, and then everyone else will pick their own role, mm. and they the roles interact in specific ways, but yes. you don't know who's who or until it's revealed. So Citadels, really like so it. Citadels basically it's less of a board game and more of a card it's game. A, yeah. yeah, it's a card game. It's and a the, tabletop game. That's, yes. that's what we'll call that. We'll it's, call a, it. it's a tabletop game, yeah. and the objective is to build X amount of properties. Sure. So once you build like this amount of properties, the game ends, and the one Tally of the, up the yeah, points, blah blah blah. The one like, of the most points wins. But I mean, it's it's the same. We talk about teamwork and stuff and talking. I mean, I guess that's why I really like board games because 
because it really is just you have to be in the moment you have to put aside your phones blah 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 and just really yeah. talk and communicate and and have teamwork or have cutthroat yeah. strategy with real people at real we did, time we and, did talk about it last week we talked about how technology is kind of like overwhelming our mm. lives and like i mean you can have tons of fun in this small little universe in the palm of your hand but it's kind of like disconnected from the rest of the world because like you're just like okay i find that with with with, with cell phones and like ipads or whatever you are always distracted by it. Like, okay, well, say, for example, you're of group A of friends. Mm. While you're of group A of friends, you're talking to group B, C, and D, like, on your phone, and you're in that universe with them while completely ignoring A. And then, ironically, when you're of B, you're talking to A, C, and D, yeah. and then, like, vice versa, and, like, so and so and so on and so forth, so on, that, yeah. that, so on and so forth. And some, sometimes it doesn't make sense, you know? Like, you're just constantly being obsessed with this small little world inside your hand and distracted from everything else around you when there's so much beauty around right. you. Yeah, like, look, 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 look at that, look at that cloud. Look at your... What, f- is that, what does that cloud remind you of? of Isn't a, that cool? Of a butthole. Probably, if you're anything yeah. like Nathan. And look at your friend's eyes. Have you ever seen... Like, have you ever looked in their eyes properly? Is it really black? No, it's really dark brown. Yeah. Um, but, you know, board games kind of tears down all of those... Oh my god, like, what's that thing behind you? Just kidding. <laughs> Board games kind of tears on all those cyber barriers of, you know, like anonymity and just being kind of like in your own world. And it puts you together in a different world with Mm. the rest of your friends. You know, you're around a table, you're huddled up. It's almost like having a meal, but um, instead of eating food, you're eating adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're anything like me, you get to win. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, sorry. I mean, yeah, I win quite often, but like, I'm very competitive. I like, I like winning and losing. I think it's really fun, and that's the best. I just think it's cool because, like, okay, for example, um, another thing that I just thought of, um, video games. Mm-hmm. Video games are great. You escape into a world. But if you notice, right, slowly, like, video games are becoming less com- communal and becoming more like you're just playing by yourself over the internet of other people. Remember back in the days of like the PlayStation 1, the first Xbox, the GameCube, the Nintendo 64? Yep. There are so many games of local multiplayer where you can play with... split with, screen and stuff. Yeah, with split yeah. screen where you can play with somebody else in the room. I mean, when it comes to multiplayer stuff, I love co-op stuff. I'd yeah. rather, you know... Exactly. So like L4D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but see, but nowadays, right, like it's so hard to find games of local multiplayer capabilities. Yeah. Um, that's why I kind of love land shops because you can play a friend's next to you and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. But, in the, but then you play online, you play multiplayer online, it's playing with strangers and everyone calls you a dick and it's not fun. Yeah, and, and, your, and your mom just gets berated more or less yeah. all the time. And I just don't know how they learned all the things about my mother. Like, how did they know that she's a crack whore who sucks <laughs> dicks all the time? How do they know, Nathan? I'm sorry. Oh. Um, but, I mean... I, I, like, I guess I just really enjoy that experience of enjoying something with your friends right there, right then, you know? Yeah. There's something about that, that old school, just kind of being with people as yeah. opposed to being, like, communicating with people through, like, freaking internet. You're right, though, about enjoying something with your friends. This is why I only enjoy gangbangs. Mm. Like, yeah. you get to share something. It's yes. a beautiful moment. Yes. And, like, I'm not afraid of sweating. Yeah. I'm not afraid of fluids. Have you ever heard of the rotisserie chicken? Oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? I think, um, I think I have a good idea, though. But yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. I feel like it's okay. inappropriate Fair to enough. talk about. Fair enough. To those of you that know, you know. How does the lady get all the way around? Right? Okay. It's like, it's like spitting a roast pork. Um, anyway, 
Uh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man. <laughs> so this is the end of Phase 2 of Marvel's Cinematic Universe. Yes. Right yes. after this movie, we're going to go straight into the Civil War, which is arguably one of the better event comics of our time. I think so. It's what actually got me started reading comics. My friend was just like, yo, did you know that there's a Civil War, Captain America and Iron Man? I was like, What? <sighs> And I but started yeah. reading comic books. That was 12 years ago, I but think. But yeah, we're yeah. officially, um, uh, uh, it's officially ago. the end of a chapter, and we're into phase three. Dude, how insane is it? Like, this is kind of like the movies that we're growing up with. You know, like, back in the, the 60s and 70s, people grew up with James Bond. Yep. People grew up with spy films being a big thing. For us, like, it's freaking superhero movies. Yeah. I really wonder when this whole phase is going to shift. And what's know? next? What's yeah? What's next? Because like right now, like all the all the, the the box office toppers are pretty much every time DC or Marvel comes up with their new thing. And to be honest, sometimes it just it does get a little bit kind of like hey, nah, it doesn't bother me. Bring it on! I love it all. I do love it. Doctor so, Strange is coming out next year. <laughs> all right. I do love it. I really do love it, and I'll I'll watch every one of them. It's just sometimes I think about it and I go like. Dude, like how we're just mindless zombies. We're just watching what these companies. I'm a Marvel zombie. That's what I am. <laughs> um, no, but that said, man, Ant Man was surprisingly good. I enjoyed. Like it. this is the one where I thought it was like, okay, they're going to drop the ball. I mean, they fired Edgar Wright so early on. There's no way it's going to be good. And then boom, it was awesome. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Well, here's the thing. Like for me, it was. I, I expected to enjoy it only because of what Guardians of the Galaxy did. For mm-hmm. me, I felt the same way you felt about Ant-Man for Guardians of the Galaxy. Because, oh, um, interesting. Yeah, because Guardians of the Galaxy, they were going to introduce all new characters, an all new universe, and an all new kind of like um, layout of, of you know how they're going to do the movie and everything. And if this sounds familiar, it's because they did this years ago with Thor. And Thor was probably arguably one of the less spectacular so. Avengers films. Um, so, you know, with Thor, they didn't really successfully create new worlds, introduce new characters. So when I heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, I was going to be like, and they're probably going to screw it up again. It really goes about goes to talk about expectations, huh? Because Ant-Man, very low expectations, blew me away. But with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think it's great, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I had huge expectations for it. I loved uh-huh. the cast. I loved James Gunn, the director. James Gunn was great. I actually liked the Guardians of the Galaxy as a comic book. So I, I went in there... I watched it midnight on the day it came out. There's like five of us in the theater all the way in Jurong. And you know, I was a little, a little, left a little. No, don't get me wrong. I thought it was great, but it didn't wow me like I was expecting it to. I thought it was going to hit Avengers level, and it wasn't quite there for me. As much as I love Chris oh. Pratt, and as much as I want to just shave cheese on his abs mm. and have him hold me and tell me jokes. Mm. But yeah, Ant Man was good. I, I enjoyed Ant-Man quite a bit. You know what I liked about Ant-Man is that, okay, we came from one of the last couple of movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, like big, huge, life-or-death, universes yes. state movies, right? Yeah. And then you just shrink it down. At the end of the day, huh, shrink it down. Uh-huh. Ant-Man. You get it. At the end of the day, Ant-Man is just a heist movie. And pretty I much, love heist movies. Much. I love heist movies. I'm a sucker for a good heist movie, especially when they have like the, that Vegasy soundtrack. Ocean's 11 to yeah. 13, The Thomas mm. Crown Affair. I love these kinds of movies. And that's what Ant-Man is. It's because... Um, Scott Lang, and it's cool because Scott Lang is kind of like, he's not a very well-known Ant-Man. Yes. The big one is Hank Pym, who is Michael Douglas' character, yes. right? And he's a wife-beater in a <laughs> schizo. The character, yeah. not Michael Douglas. Not Michael Douglas, yeah. But anyway, Scott Lang's kind of an open book, so Paul Rudd had the, like, he could do whatever he wants with it, and he yeah. did a great job. 
basically being himself. Yes. I think Marvel has gotten far enough to the point that they can kind of create their own universes. Mm. Like, in the beginning, people were very, like, anal about, like, everything needs to be exactly at the comics, you know, especially during Phase 1. But I think now that they're done in Phase 2, like, especially towards the end of Phase 2, they kind of took a lot of liberties, especially with, like, you know, the creation of um, Ultron and things like that. And... I think it's it's gotten to the point where it's okay now. Like, doesn't um, the Marvel Wiki kind of have a label for the whole Marvel movie universe? It's like Earth two zero six six or something. like Oh, that. they have they exist in their own universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So like they already like they've basically made the Marvel Studios films a separate timeline of things that happen. So it might not follow the comics, but still, all's good. I think the key is though is hiring good smart directors like Joss Whedon. That was brilliant. Yes. Uh, Favreau was perfect for the Iron Man yes. films. James Gunn was great. He's, they're all good. Yeah. But that's, what, that's why I was so excited for Edgar Wright, because I love Edgar Wright. I love like, Edgar You don't know Edgar Wright. Wright, he did Space, and Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. The Cornetto trilogy. They're so good. They're so good. But you do kind <laughs> of still... Um, you get a little flavor of it. You get, you get elements of Edgar Wright, especially if you've seen the film. Because he wrote it. I mean, yeah. he wrote this. Yeah. If, you've, if you've seen the film, there's this thing that they do with Michael Pena, where he he's a Latino guy, and he basically uh, retells stories to yeah. Scott Lang of how you heard about something and then they go from like character to character all Michael Pena's voice and they use that in the movie a bunch of times and it's hilarious very Edgar Wright yeah. hilarious but it's if you've seen Edgar Wright's movies you're like oh that's extremely Edgar Wright because he actually did use that kind of frenetic pacing mm-hmm. and that kind of voice over <coughs> kind of thing with um, At World's End so yeah <coughs> John is <coughs> coughing his guts out As you're usual. sick again I'm always sick you're I'm, always sick I'm bone sick guys um, send vitamins over to John, please. Yes, my address is 107. No more, so, okay. nope, no more details of Fine. your personal life. But you know what's interesting? <laughs> okay, so I talked about getting directors that are good, but but like this guy who took over from Edgar Wright, it's a guy named Peyton Reed. Mm-hmm. Look at the movies he directed in the past. Okay, Linda <laughs> Bring Buff. it on. G- great. Kristen Dunst. <laughs> Amazing. Cheerleading movie. The Breakup. That's Jennifer Aniston yep. and Vince Vaughn. Yes, man. I actually kind of yes, like. Man. I actually kind of like that movie. Actually, I haven't seen it, but fair. I heard some good things about it. But I'm basically, and he did some episodes of New Girl. But he doesn't have a very glittering. <laughs> he did Back to the Future, the TV show. He did the Weird Al show. Yeah. <laughs> very strange IMDb profile. And all of a sudden, he comes on and brings on ink and takes out the mantle of Ant Man. And I tell you what, it was good. I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Um, okay, well, let's let's get into spoiler um, territory here. Shall we get into spoilers? Okay. We're going to get into slight spoiler territory, so I'm going to put a time warning right here. So if you haven't seen it, jump to that jump. Get ready to jump. Click on that, click on that little number that you see in the description. Yes. And spoilers begin. Hey there, guys. Nathan here again. So we went really, really long on Marvel. So if you are not interested in spoilers for the Ant-Man movie... Oh, you're just not interested in Marvel, full stop. Skip ahead to 42 minutes and 50 seconds. See you there. I repeat, that's 42 minutes and 50 seconds. See ya. No. Ant-Man dies. He dies. Oh my he gosh, I couldn't on. believe it. That boot came out of nowhere. What the hell happened? What's wrong with you, Marvel? That's fucked up. How can you kill your title character? The movie was only 15 minutes long. That was bullshit, That man. was bullshit, man. I want my money back. I that's like a that dollar movie. per minute. That's shit movie. Such a piece of shit. So for real, though. So. <laughs> I mean, okay, what's, I mean, okay, let's talk about the Easter eggs that were in Ant Man, oh, which were pretty good. There's so a good number, good number. Okay. So um, w- there is a scene where Ant Man has to go and retrieve a piece of technology, and he goes to this old hangar. Yeah, um, of, of of Tony Stark's. Yes, an, an old hangar that belonged to Howard Stark in upstate New York. Yes, 
but little did he know that that is that hangar has been converted into the headquarters of the new Avengers, yep. as seen at the end of Avengers Two. Exactly. Um, so um, I was actually telling John that I right before um, that happened, I predicted there to be an Avengers cameo, and I just thought to myself. Which Avenger, which actor of the in the Avengers has the most time out of everyone? See, and is that like, true though? Because like, okay, uh, it was the Falcon. It's Anthony Mackie, but doesn't that doesn't that dude working a lot? Yeah, he's working a lot, man. No, he, he's all right. Like he he does, he never does like major. He's roles working all the time. He's like the Black Michael Pena. Michael Pena gets work all the time. So does Anthony Mackie. He's in so many movies. Fine, Michael Pena is the black and Michael Pena. <laughs> Anthony Mackie is the black Michael Pena. Um, I loved him in Heart Locker, but um, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Falcon showed up, and that was a really neat little Easter egg to actually yeah. see Ant Man fighting an existing character. Yeah, in the and this universe. isn't spoiler. Maybe we should have talked about this earlier. But like the 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 use of Ant Man's powers was actually really interesting. I love like that. how it was like okay, he had the when he shrinks down, he has the strength of uh, whatever blah 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 no, fifty times. Ba- the strength, no, basically, when he shrinks down, he has fifty times the strength of himself yeah. in normal size. Exactly. Yeah. And but I like the idea of like timing it of like shrinking and then getting bigger to to time the punches and the time his like jumping around. So I thought that was really clever. Yeah. And the way he talk to the ants and stuff and Anthony <laughs> when Anthony got shot which is an, an amazing shot I, I don't know how anyone can make that shot if your name's not Hawkeye but man I really lost it man it's bullshit it his, his fucking wing that's bullshit wing. Anthony rest in peace Anthony okay like the, the battle sequences in general in this entire movie had a very different tone because when you watch like the Avengers movies or any of their sister or brother movies um, the 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 battle sequences they're very kind of they're standard battle sequences that just kind of like showcase the powers of um, the character that they're fighting with, but for the fight sequences in this movie they had a lot less to do with the powers per se, but a lot more to do with like environments, interesting settings, yeah. and like really cool devices being used. Like for me, it was I loved it when they had that fight scene in, within the Thomas the Train set. Yeah, like. Just really strange, but still very interesting to watch fight scenes, you know? Where it's really just larger than life. Because sometimes he's against someone his own size. Sometimes he's against someone 50 times bigger or 50 times smaller. Yep. And I just found that so interesting. And the changing of perspective. Yeah. I mean, when that, that Thomas the Tank engine thing blew up to super huge size, that was yeah. pretty funny. It made for some very, very cool action. Um, especially with that last scene, like right before he defeated um, Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Sorry, right after he defeated Yellow Jacket. And Corey Stoll, he's like the white Michael Pena. He gets a lot of work, too. I've only ever seen him in House of Cards. Um, There's a lot of stuff. But when he went super, like, subatomic to defeat Yellow Jacket, yep. and he went into the whole, like, space-time realm, dude, when that happened, I was expecting a Doctor Strange cameo. I don't mm. know why, but as he went deeper and deeper into subatomic levels... I was like, please, 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 Doctor Strange, please, Benedict Cumberbatch, please show your milky, beautiful, strange face. Yeah, I say that every night. It never works. It never works. Um, but we did get a very cool um, uh, reference towards the end of the movie to our very first mention of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. In a Marvel Man. movie. This is yeah, the, this I is missed the... it, actually. It took it, Nathan had to, had to point it out to me, and then yeah. I remembered, yeah. This was the first ever reference to um, a... A, uh, like Spider-Man ever in a, in a Marvel Studios yep. movie. Um, if you guys missed it, it was during that scene where Michael Pena was speaking through Anna Akana's mouth. Oh, so pretty. I would, and, I would like to do stuff to with her mouth. And, with her mouth. <laughs> and she said the words, like, oh, we got a guy that gets small. We got a guy that climbs walls. He's a guy who swings, climbs on walls. Yeah. And, and I was like, what? Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah, so, because there's a... 2017 is the next Spider-Man movie and he's yeah. definitely going to be in Cap, so... He's definitely going to be in Civil War, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, 
So I, I love that reference. And John, speaking of civil war, there was a very cool allusion to civil war at the at the end credit sequence. Yeah, I still don't really know what that was about, but Sebastian mm. Stan was there, and yeah. uh, they mentioned basically not going to Tony, right? Like already yeah. show, sowing the seeds of distrust yeah. through shows. So, so there were there were two end credit sequences. One, one mid credit, yeah. one end credit. Yeah. The mid credit sequence was the obvious thing of Hope Van Dyne um, becoming the wasp. Becoming the wasp. And it's I mean it's pretty obvious when you see her haircut. Her, yeah. Man, Evangeline Lilly, she's great. She's beautiful, but that hair, that wig was something else. Evangeline Lilly? Not she looked very old in this movie. I think you are right. Yeah. <laughs> like she showed her age. It's just yeah, but you know, was it because of the hair though? Like I feel like the Maybe haircut was the just hair. wasn't kind to her. Maybe because like hair. in everything else, she's freaking gorgeous, and I love her. Um, but for some reason, in this movie, like the hair just looked. I don't know weird. the wigs. She even looked, Michael Douglas, I assume he was wearing a wig too. She it looked really, really, it looked old. really weird too. But Michael Douglas is old anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, mid sequence, uh, mid credit sequence was um, allusion to um, Hope Van Dyne going to become Wasp in Ant Man Two, and the end credit sequence right after everything's done, and I always love it when like half the cinema walks away. After, yeah. After I'm the like, mid credit sequence, fucks. it's like yeah. have you never watched a Marvel movie before? Like after the mid credit sequence, everyone like steps up and go home, goes home, and I'm like, he he he, <laughs> you sheep, you you have no idea. You have no. Are they idea. the sheep or are we the sheep? Nathan? That is true. We yeah, are, we are the Marvel sheeple. Um, <laughs> But end credit sequence was an allusion to Civil War. It was um, Anthony, uh, sorry, the Falcon and Captain America. They have found a Winter Soldier. Boom. Bam. They found a Winter Soldier. I forgot he disappeared, but yeah, he did. They found a Winter Soldier and the Falcon basically asked, what should we do with him? Should we tell Tony Stark? And Captain America says, no, we shouldn't tell him. And that's basically the first um, ever kind of, what do you call it? Like the the first sign of Captain America rebelling against Iron Man in a very I think obvious the, I fashion. I think if, we, if we're gonna look back and watch the Avengers too, I think they're starting to show it there too. I can't think of any yeah, yeah, moments, yeah. but there's definitely oh, like oh, obviously the end when he when they were doing Vision, like when they were showing that they were that's already the beginning of their rift when Iron Man was creating the Vision. Oh yeah, Captain yeah, America. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I agree. This is the first kind of overt. Yeah, this is the first kind of overt. Like Captain America straight up saying like, no, we shouldn't tell Stark anything. Yeah. Um, and you know that's pretty much like where the Civil War starts. Yeah. Um, I'm super curious to see how Civil War turns out because we don't really have that many Marvel superheroes. And if you if you know the Civil War comic, um, the whole war is started by uh, what's that guy with the fire? He can make bombs and shit. I forget his name. He was a random X Men, right? Yeah. The the Civil War like was kicked In off comics, yeah. actually by a, quite an obscure superhero who basically blew up a school bus full of children. And it set off a whole thing of the news questioning the um, the relevance of superheroes and if they're really needed or if they're more harmed than good. And which led to the Superhuman Registration Act, which yes. basically said that every superhero has to register. They have to make their name public, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, so Iron Man champion said, that makes sense. Let's do that. Captain America was like, that's bullshit, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Spider-Man flopped sides. Yeah. It was good. And that's yeah, it's, it's basically Captain America and Iron Man going head to head. But there are like hundreds literally hundreds of superheroes in this comic this comic event and i understand if marvel can't quite reach that level of hundreds but literally i don't think they even crossed the barrier of 20 they're, they're, it's gonna it's still gonna be pretty damn epic dude i'm, I'm sure it's gonna be epic it's just that, like they don't have that same scale it's not gonna be much of a civil war as it's gonna be like a civil battle battle <laughs> a little civil a tiff. civil skiff a civil tiff um <laughs> like um yeah because if you think about it 
we only okay. Let, let, let's like try to name off all the superheroes that they have. They have all the Avengers. Okay. They so, have um the Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe they might get. I don't involved. think they're gonna be in there. I doubt it. Probably they have Spider Man. Right. They have Ant Man. They have, we'll see. I man in Marvel, I trust. I think they're gonna do something. They have some epic. people from Agents of Shield, I guess. Yeah. They have Havoc. Havoc's in Agents of Shield. Yeah. Um, Mockingbird. They're not gonna use them. Though, I doubt it. Uh, oh, they have Daredevil. Yeah, but we can't. We don't. We never know. We, we don't know what's gonna happen until it comes. So just wait for it. It's gonna be great. Alrighty. Oh, should we come? Should we welcome back the spoiler? We should welcome people? back the po- the people that. But, okay. We yeah. Spoiled. And then we'll we'll wrap up our thoughts on that. So okay. So timestamp now and then his head explodes and that's how ant-man ended that's how that's that's crazy that death was undeserved um okay we should welcome back the spoiler free people now. hey guys they're back okay Okay, we're back so in case you were wondering we just talked in we just talked way too much about comic books really yeah Uh, we talked way too much about uh the marvel universe um so if you missed it probably thank be thankful you did. Yeah. But then to wrap it up, um, my final, your Nathan, your final thoughts on Ant-Man. My final thoughts on Ant-Man. I will give it uh, 7.5 Anthony's out of 10. Aww. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was, let's see, good good cast, pretty good script. Paul Rudd's really good. The visual effects are great. I give it, yeah, 8 Anthony's out of 10. Paul Rudd is a very likable guy. Anyway, moving on, buddy. Did you hear about that thing? One, two, three. World news, interviews, raw on terror, puppy shoes, television, movie sports, racist rants, tiny horse, so many things in the world we're in. Did you hear about that thing? I did not. But you didn't know what I'm talking about yet. Alright. Did you hear about that thing? This is our news segment. It's just where Nathan and I just talk about interesting things we found on the news and on the internet this week. Nathan, did you hear about the world's most perfect food? The what now? Are you talking about ramen? No. Are you talking about instant noodles? Like, okay, can you imagine? Okay, what's the world's um, best tasting food? For me? For everyone. For everyone. Except for Muslims. Okay, well, if you put it that way, I'm going to say the synonymous bacon. Of course, bacon. Now, Nathan, what is the healthiest food ever? Um, it's green, annoying. Oh, the, the gross shit. Kale. Kale, yes. Okay. There is a food that's being developed that it's actually it's technically a seaweed uh-huh. that apparently tastes like bacon, what? but is healthier than kale. Science the shit out of it. Dude, this could be like my... What? Harmony. Oh, man. Like, if this is true, and, you know, it's, it might be too good to be true, but I could eat this for the rest of my life and be happy. It's just like, this is an article on Time Magazine. It's from Time Magazine. <laughs> like, the next day, they just go, like, JK, there is no seaweed bacon. No, I checked, man. I was like, this is real. No, okay. Stop everything is the headline. There's a new seaweed that tastes like bacon and is better for you than kale. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, Researchers shit. from Oregon State's University Hatfield Marine Science Center say they've created a, and patented a new type of seaweed that has the potential to be sold commercially as the next big superfood. The reason? It tastes just like bacon, they claim. Dude, this is a game changer! Game changer! Can you imagine having a salad that tastes like bacon and then doesn't have the calories of bacon? Like, what? I'm just going to hate that it's going to cost like freaking 20 bucks for like... Two pieces, though. I'm going to take this seaweed and I'm going to wrap it around bacon. 
<laughs> just, just to spite bacon, just to be like, look, look at what you've done. Double the bacon. You've half made the bacon us calories. breed a special seaweed. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure it's gonna cost up the ass, right? Like, I don't know, man. Bacon I'm, seaweed. I mean, seaweed is fucking cheap. So like, it's the patent. Let's see. It's called dulce. Dulce, I think it's pronounced. Dulce. It grows in the wild along the Pacific and Atlantic coastlines and is harvested and dried. Blah blah blah. But this particular strain, yeah, tastes like bacon. Oh my god. Is it? Is it a man-made strain? It looks like it, yeah. They're, like, okay. cultivating it so that... Oh. Yeah. So it's mankind taking charge of evolution. Yep. That's crazy, man. Here's the quote. There hasn't been a lot of interest in using it in its fresh form, but this stuff is pretty amazing, says chief researcher Chris Langdon, a.k.a. my new hero. When you fry it, which I have done, it tastes like bacon, not seaweed, and it's a pretty strong bacon flavor. Man, some of these people in science, they deserve a medal. Like, I know, like, the ones that, like, cure cancer and shit, you guys deserve a medal, too, but, like, I want to, like... Go up to these people. Like, what's his name? Chris Langdon. Chris Langdon. Like, just go up to that guy and like, just high five him. You know, I'm gonna name my child after him. High five him. Good job. Like, like, okay. For example, the guy that created seaweed bacon. High five him. The guy that says, "Oh, a glass of red wine a day is good for you." Yep. High five him. The guy that says, "Oh, masturbation is good for you. It, it, it's, it's healthy and it prevents prostate cancer." High five him. The guy that says that giving blowjobs cures headaches. High five. High five him. Just give him all the high fives in the world. Yeah, man. Well, you're going down and him give him high fives. Yeah. <laughs> that's a reference. <laughs> yeah, that's a reference. That's such a good reference. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean... What, what would you do with this thing, Nathan? What would you do if you had this dulce de bacon in your in your kitchen? Oh, man. First thing off the top of my head, two things. Because I always put like bits of seaweed on my soba when I make oh, soba. Nice, nice, oh, nice, can nice. you imagine that? Bacon soba. Um, but of course, probably like the most go-to application, sushi, man. Yeah, definitely. make your make your sushi rolls with that kind of bake with that kind of seaweed. Can you imagine fucking spam masubi with bacon seaweed? Mm, holy I shit! Spam masubi, I love spam masubi. I love sure. spam. Spam's so good. Spam is good, good and good for you. Man, if there was a seaweed that tasted like spam, that's pushing Ooh. it. That's pushing it. That's making like a man-made thing that tastes like another man-made thing. <laughs> that's just wrong. That's, All kinds of wrong. That's that's just synthetic. Man, if it's as, if it's man, I'm gonna put this in my shake. I'm gonna make fucking bacon shakes. Bacon smoothies. See, I, I feel like the world has gone kind of overboard with bacon. Oh, what? You slap that mouth <laughs> out of your head, boy. It's, it's kind of like, okay, like, I can take bacon-wrapped everything. That's fine. Yes. But if you start going into, like, bacon candy, bacon candles. Have you seen freaking bacon candles from Yankee yes. Candle? And, like, they have, like, um, bacon... You know what I've yet to try? I've yet to try bacon ice cream. Though I think it would be quite good. I just know that's too much, man. I think you're wrong. Like, keep bacon in the savory land. Don't put it in your health products. Don't back put it... in my day. I only had bacon with egg suck. My dick. I put bacon wherever I want, especially if it's better for me than kale. I've never, I've never been a huge fan of bacon. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not like a bacon hater. I enjoy it. I enjoy cooking it. I find it amazing that there's so much flavor packed in this thing. Um... But I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just too much. Like, in that, like when you have a bacon candle, that's enough, man. That's it's never enough when it comes to bacon, dude. It's never. I don't know what you're talking about, right? We'll now. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. I agree that you're wrong. <laughs> what else do we have in the news, John? Oh, Nathan, I have a question for you. What is the most dangerous, scariest thing you can find inside a volcano? My dick. I mean. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, that would be that would kind of freak me out. I think. No, lava, right? Lava, lava is lava, what you expect to lava find. Is scary. It's probably the scariest thing you can find. It would... No, you're wrong, dude. 
I'm wrong. You know what's the scariest, most dangerous thing you can find inside a volcano? I'm afraid to ask. A motherfucking shark! What? 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 Dude. What? Dude, some scientists... Okay, it's... Okay. That's what I thought first, too, right? I thought it was, like, a fucking, like, a, a volcano above the land with magma and sharks swimming in the fucking magma. No, it's an underwater volcano. But sharks can live in it. Wait, wait, wait. An underwater volcano. It's, like, constantly spewing. So, so... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay wait, wait, let me, let me pause, rewind. Pause. Rewind. Like, explain the concept of an underwater volcano. Because a volcano is full of this hot, burning magma, you yeah. know? How is that all underwater? It can still come out underwater. It's like, you know, we live in the the rim of fire, the Pacific Ocean. It's like uh-huh. there's... So that once it once it erupts, then it immediately freezes over? Or cools down or something. But, like, at that... at that Because of the magma, it makes the water very acidic. Okay. And obviously very hot. Yes. But yet, scientists have found sharks swimming around in this one fucking active volcano. Oh, so swimming around the volcano. Yeah. No, like, yeah, like like... Oh, no, in, inside. It's in the crater of the volcano. Oh, dude, that is wow, wow! Can you imagine, like these sharks, like okay, like um, they're having like the weekly shark meeting, and then they're like, okay, let's take it to a vote again. Who's the most badass of us all? Oh great, well, I just ate a human. Just, I did. Just great white sharks. It's always it's always the great white sharks or a bull shark. You know the tiger sharks. Bull sharks are pretty bad. You know, bull sharks can swim in fucking um, lake river water. Like hammerhead sharks, the one that looks the most badass. But blue sharks will eat everything. I'm so yeah. scared of sharks. Yeah, but yeah, then like, all, the, but all yeah. these guys basically just get blown out of the water because you know you can be a great white shark, you can be a tiger shark, you can look like a freaking hammer, you can look like a tiger, you can look like a bull. But do you swim in a volcano? Nope. Do you face the flames of God with your freaking fins just flying around with no problem and you're just swimming in that fire? Well, it's a, ironically, there was a hammerhead they saw in the volcano. It's a hammerhead volcano shark. Dude. That is insane. Scary. That is basically a demon. Like, what do you... Like, like fuck. Like, <laughs> I can't quite wrap my head around this because I... Okay, I've never seen. Okay, a shark. so imagine a volcano. Okay, but on the you know on the seabed. Yes, and it's the same volcano, same shape, whatever. There's a crater and stuff. Now in this crater, it's constantly venting magma, and okay. it'll it'll erupt. Like the last time it had a big eruption was in twenty four uh, January twenty fourteen. Uh-huh. But like, but it turns the water all weird and green and acidic and stuff. And there's just sharks just chilling, just floating around, floating around. Why? Why would you want to discover something like that? No, they, they didn't. I mean, they were just—they just wanted. To see, they just sent a camera down there to see what was going on. Why would you and discover something like that? That's like that's, like that's like unlocking the gates of hell. Do you know what you've done, scientists? Now they know that we exist. Now they're coming for us. They're gonna come for us. Man, sharks are so scary. I hate the ocean so much, Nathan. These sharks vomit flames. I don't know if you know that, scientists, but this is an actual fact. They probably do. They probably have lasers stuck in their freaking heads. They're not lasers, man. They're magma cannons. Oh, God. They just shoot out of their eyeballs. <sighs> the world is a scary place, John. But yeah, the ocean scares the hell out of me. Like, what is it? The ocean, like, the water is takes up, like, 75% of the planet? Whatever, yeah. yeah. Just, just stay out of it. Like, because we have, like, people exploring, like, the depths of space and everything. But, like, here's the thing. Like, a good percentage of the oceans on Earth are unexplored. Yep. That is insane to think. I mean, there's still there's still thousands, hundreds of thousands of species of marine life that like we don't even know exist yet. How it scares me. Just 
Oh, you know who's fun to follow on Facebook is George Takei. He puts awesome things. And one of the things he put recently is just like all the things that are fucking wrong with the ocean, basically. Speaking of Aquaman. hey <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, he put up terrifying pictures that will make you question your love for the ocean. Now, obviously, this is a audio, audio medium. But, Nathan, just look at these fucking pictures. We can put, we can put pictures up. We're going to put these. I'm going to put this link up. But, yeah. I mean, look at that. There's a, that's a great white just about to come out of the ocean. These are all demons. That's a goddamn whale underneath that... that what looks like a regular sized boat. Also a demon. The, well, look how big that jellyfish is, man. Also, that no, that's just Satan. That is actually Satan. That's Aqua Satan. That's Aqua Satan. That's like that's just the ocean. That's a guy diving into the fucking ocean. Look how dark it is. <sighs> okay, that's a gonna... shark chasing a guy in a sea kayak. <laughs> okay, we're gonna post these pictures up on. Um... What is that thing? Is that... <laughs> John, this isn't helping it's the like listener. It's like an alien centipede from hell. This is not helping the listener, John. You're literally just exclaiming at things that they cannot see. So um for for all oh, so for all of you that are curious, we're gonna put up the gallery of pictures on on the on the website Ugh. um in the show notes. Yeah, check out swim at your own risk as well. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. Ocean's stupid, just stupid. <laughs> you can, I don't want to go to a place where you can just die just by being there. You know, you go to the ocean, you can just die by being there. Yeah, you can. You can get eaten by things. You can get stung by things. You can drown. You can you can. Drink your own pee till you die. Dude. I mean, I will go to space. I like space. I want to go into space. I want to be zero gravity. But I will not go to the ocean. I mean, technically, being underwater is kind of like being in zero gravity. It's like being in stupid gravity because you're going to die. You're going to get eaten by a shark. You're going to drown. You're going to get drown. You're going to drown while you're getting eaten by a shark. While you pee You're going to get eaten by a shark while you're drowning. Dude, this is the ocean stupid. Just stay out of there, you guys. Stay out of there. So, yeah. Other than, <laughs> other than your mortal fear of the ocean. Yeah, and ironically, the bacon that tastes like kale is from the sea. <laughs> I can't even remember how we got here. Did we talk about this bacon and kale and it became this? And no, the shark volcano. Oh, the there. shark thing. There we go. Oh, God. All right. So, John is afraid of the ocean. I, I'm not fond because of I'm it. Because I'm smart. I'm not fond of it. Um, hey, man. We, we're born with feet for a reason and not yeah, scales, not right? Yeah, not scales, no scales, no yeah, flippers. Yeah, man. So what else do we have? I want to be where the people are. What else do we? Have? I want to see. Want to see them dancing. Mm, true. You know, walking around and what? What, 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 what do you call? What, you want to? You want to? You want to be part of our world. I, I am part of our world. Yes. I want to stay part of our world. Mm, mm, mm. I've think of Bob's. They're twenty. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. Dude, I want more. Yeah. I want to not go into the ocean. Mm. Okay. Anyway. You're not. You're not a big fan of you know things that go under the sea. Yeah. You don't think that it's better down there. But it's wetter. Mm. I'll take it from you. Dun, All right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So, um, something else we have in the news. So, to, uh, I mean, we are, we are yeah. a pop culture based podcast. So, of course, we talk about things all pop culture. And what's more pop culture than freaking TV? Yeah. It is the we have been living for the last decade in the age, the golden age of television. Yeah, man. You know? We're gonna look back on this time and just. This was the golden age of television. This is yeah. so good. We, we're getting so many good TV shows nowadays. The standard is rising so much. The lines between cinema and television are just blurring because the quality of things happening on TV is just like insane. You couldn't have found these things on TV on this, in the 60s yeah. or the 70s. Like back then, TV was looked at as like a second rate yeah. kind of like medium. It's like, it's like, but then nowadays, I think like the best movies are on par with the best TV shows. Oh, hell yeah. But the average movie is way worse than the average TV show. Hell if you yes. kind of get my gist. Hell yes. And there's so many things for so many different people, you, whatever you want. But anyway, so yeah. a couple of days ago, the Emmy nominations were released. Yeah, so let's talk about that just for a bit. I think um, 
maybe we just cover two categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. outstanding drama series as well as the comedy stuff. Outstanding yeah, we'll comedy? really quick. So outstanding drama. The nominees are for outstanding drama series. The nominees are AMC, Better Call Saul. Great show. Yeah, I mean, um, I've only watched the first three episodes because I was saving it. Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to to watch them all when they came out. Yeah, have you watched them all? I, I have finished Better Call Saul. It's the it's the spinoff of Breaking Bad. And when I first heard about it, I was like, Oh, that's not gonna that's work. Weird. That's not gonna work. Why are you spinning off such a perfect show? But then I heard that um, Vince Gilligan is gonna kind of take the handle mm-hmm. on that. And from then onwards, I wasn't quite worried anymore. After the pilot episode, I'm like, I'm sold. Because Bob Odenkirk's a genius. Like he's he's so good in that role. I just, I thought there wasn't gonna be enough meat to really flesh it out but again I've only seen the first three episodes there's so much I'm gonna... man there's so much there's a lot of characterization for, okay, for me what makes this show so brilliant is that it's of course a prequel to Breaking Bad to uh, fans of the show if you do watch um, you know that um, Saul Goodman is the lawyer of um, Walter White Yep. and the thing that's so amazing about the show is that they kind of want to make it a hopeful story hmm. of how this because Saul doesn't start off in a good place he starts out as a good guy well, well, no, but he doesn't start off in a good place. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's, like, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he has, like, his tiny he's office. Poor, he has yeah, no he's money, poor, he, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he has a shitty job. Like, he's kind of, like, struggling to make ends meet. Just scrapping, yeah. And then you just know that at the end of the series, things are not going to get much better for him. Yeah. Because he doesn't end up in a nice place at the end, you know? He ends up at a Cinnabon. Yeah. So, something about this show, it just ma- it makes me sick a little bit to watch it, because, like, they're kind of building towards something hopeful happening, but you just know, you know it's not going to work out great. Yeah. And that's kind of the brilliance of the show. Yeah. You're just kind of waiting for this guy to fail, which is heartbreaking, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that show. So we have also... Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. Do you watch Downton Abbey? Nah, I watched like the first season. I watched the first like four seasons, and I feel like they've kind of lost their way, to be honest. I appreciated it, but I'm just kind of like, nah. I, I, I have other things to watch. I like the theme music. They also have the most awkward uh, music edits. It's like, it'll, all of a sudden the song will just stop. It's just they, weird. They are very detailed though, I have to say. Yeah, no, and it's good. I mean, it yeah. was good. I, don't, I might come back to that. Anyway, okay. next, next show. Game we of, know, Game of, of course, Thrones. Nathan doesn't watch this like a weirdo. Gives a shit about that show. Homeland. Uh, everyone gives a shit about that show. Game of Thrones is amazing. <laughs> Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, no, I know, honestly, going to watch it one day. I take your word for it. Enough people like Game of Thrones for me to think that to not like it, there's something wrong with me. Yes, not the show. Exactly. It's good. It's good that you know that. Yeah. About so at some point, I will enjoy the the amazing nectar that is yes. Game of Thrones. All right. Next, we have Homeland. Homeland. Homeland from Showtime. Mm. This is. I mean, you watch Homeland. Only the first two seasons. Uh, I've watched the first two seasons. I do enjoy that show. Um, it is not a realistic representation of oh, Homeland Security and things like that. Like CIA and stuff. Yeah. The thing is, the show kind of sold itself as that in the beginning. Mm. Like, people thought it was, it was going to be, like, very realistic. More towards the tone of, like, Hurt Locker or, like, House of Cards. You know, something where it's very weighted in reality. Yeah. But towards the end of the second season, it kind of veered from that to more like 24 territory. Yeah. Where it just became over-the-top action and kind of over-the-top storylines and motivations, which is not bad per se. It's just not quite the tone that they started out with. But I love Claire Danes. I think she's beautiful. Yep. Uh, the acting's great. The story's great. Monica Baccarin, she's great. Firefly, of course. Uh, sorry, not, not Monica. Marina. Marina, Marina Baccarin. Um, I, I think that show's cool. Um, next up, we have House of Cards. Um, oh, first of all, hold on. I'm up to in Homeland. This new, this latest season where they kind of stepped away from the Brody storyline is the best yet. 
I, I'm not up to date, but okay. It's good. House um, of Cards. Yes, they have House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. From two Netflix. shows. Two shows by Netflix. Netflix. So, um, if you haven't been following, the last few shows that we mentioned, they're from uh, stations like AMC, HBO, yep. Showtime, and these are all... Hey, you know, nothing from primetime. Too bad. No, uh, but that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, AMC, they're all cable. They're all yeah. cable or Netflix. Yeah. Oh. Huh. But good to see Netflix, you know, like, kind of being in there again. For sure. Um, independent programming has really kind of been a big thing in the last few years and to see these shows not just be able to get huge names like Kevin Spacey yep. and get you know amazing writers and like just great aesthetic behind the shows and everything it's awesome you know to see this kind of content come out from just the internet like it's crazy to think that these shows are not available anywhere else but the internet yep. and they and come that, out all at once yeah mm. and that kind of if you think about it it kind of alienates a good section of the audience they find still, a way to it eventually. But, find, yeah, but yeah. still, they still have like millions of people watching mm-hmm. this. So it just goes to show, man. It's all about good content. Yeah. When I was in New York back in January, I saw a play with Taylor Schilling, and she's so good. Like, yeah. she's so great. She's pretty. She's really pretty. She's prettier in real life. Too. My favorite character in Orange is the New Black has to be Lorna Morello. I love her. Which one is she? Lorna Morello. The one in the New the driver? York accent. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. My friend, she's probably not listening. My friend Karina is her stand-in. Oh. Yeah, because they're of similar height and... Yeah. Yeah, I love Lorna, Lorna, She's Lorna great. Morello. She's a great character. And of course, finally, we have um, the no longer existing Mad Men. Mad Men? Mad Men in the outstanding... Did you watch Mad Men? I feel like this is not a show you would enjoy. I watched the first few episodes. I couldn't quite get into it. Yep. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, like, the, the advertising bits. It's a whole different kind of beast. Like, I'm... I've... It's uh, kind of the same. I want to binge it, so I've I've not watched this last uh, current last season. And also, I don't want to say goodbye, because it is such a good show. But you have to be in the right mindset, because there's no real action. It's not mm-hmm. overly funny. Yes. But it is... It's very interesting, that's for yeah. sure. And the characterization is so good. The acting is super good. It's a good show. Well, here's the thing. Like, I love... I appreciate shows with, like, very little action going on. But the thing is, for this show, I think that... So much of it kind of goes on in um, Don Draper's head. Mm. And you kind of see this deterioration or this kind of like slow decline for this character. Um, You really do need to be in the right mindset. And I haven't given it a fair chance. I do intend to at some point. Because I did enjoy the the, the advertising bits when they did go into that. I love that. Um, And it's aesthetically, it's an amazing show. I just feel like you really need to be in the right mood to watch a show like Mad Men. So, All right. Just to wrap up this category, uh, what do you think is going to win and what do you think should win? Okay. I think Game of Thrones is going to win because it's such an amazing show. I love it. You know, it's, my, <laughs> it's my favorite show of all time. Oh, you're trying to win them all back, huh? <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to win the audience. No. Okay. To be honest, um, Better Call Saul is my pick, but I know it's not going to win because it's his first season and Breaking Bad has won enough, so I don't think the Academy is going to award it to them. I'm having trouble finding I'm trying to check what's what's been winning the last couple of years. Hold on. Let me... No idea. Um, I know Orange is the New Black. I know Orange is the New Black is not going to win it because they they weren't as good as their first season. Yeah, and funny they were. Oh, I just realized last season they were listed as a comedy. Yeah. Now they're back. Now in the drama category where yes. they um, more rightly belong. I will guarantee you. Uh, this is my personal guarantee. The winner of this category is going to be Mad Men. You think? It has to be because it's no longer on air. Like, they need to give them an award that's kind of like a swan song. Like, say goodbye, <laughs> thanks for all the good years, here's an award. I guarantee you that they're going to win this show. Like, they're probably, I don't know how many categories that Mad Men is um, nominated in, but they're probably going to win every award that they're nominated in. Just yeah. almost, as, almost as a courtesy from TV Land to Mad Men that has kind of been um, 
a landmark show in terms of like cine- cinematography. Well, Sam, they haven't acting. Been much- okay, so let's just okay. Now I, I, I pulled it up. So last season, last year was Breaking Bad. The year before that was Breaking Bad. The year before that was Homeland season one, and before that was Mad Men. So Mad Men won season for season four. Before that was Mad Men as well. Yeah, Mad Men before that as well. Oh wow, Mad Men. Mad Men won every year its first four seasons. Yes, but I wow. feel like just because it's no longer going to be on air. It has to win. It has to win. And Better Call Saul is for that gonna, fact. Yes, and Better Call Saul isn't going to win yet. It's going to win from its second season onwards because they just don't <coughs> give um, awards to new shows without touchy subject matter. Um, that's my opinion. How about yours? See, I, I don't really like playing the game of like who should who who's going to win because I, I don't know. I think what's going which what I would pick is Game of Thrones. I think it's just the bomb, but it hasn't been getting any love in the past couple years. Because mm. it's shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like Butter, Better Call Saul is like a dark horse to take it. A dark just horse? Cause, cause, cause just because the Emmys, they love Breaking Bad. Love mm-hmm. it. And but it's because of that, I, th- I don't think they're going to win yet. Yeah, you know? fair enough. Because fair Breaking enough. Bad has won so much over the last few years. Possibly that just Homeland. Like who yeah. knows, who knows. Okay, moving on to Outstanding Comedy Series. Okay, let's just name them off right now. Louis. Um, Louis. Modern, Modern Family. Family. Parks and Recreation. Silicon Valley. Transparent. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Veep. Okay, now this category excites me much more than drama. It really does because I I actually watch majority of these shows. Okay, I watch the majority of the drama. I watch, the only show I don't watch here is the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I just haven't watched it yet. And Veep, sorry, I don't I don't watch those too. I don't watch Transparent Kimmy Schmidt or Veep. Right. I intend to check out Transparent at some point because you've told me it's. Yeah, I you definitely that's a really good show. Yeah. I I, mean, I might make you watch that next week. Okay. But anyway, Louis, uh, no, not much to be said. But that's that's me and Nathan's like one of our favorite shows. Louis is okay. It's for those of you that don't know, it's the show that is written, directed, and edited by um, the comedian Louis C.K. Genius, um, genius. The closest you're going to get to a genius in the entertainment industry, I think. I think this show is just mind-blowingly amazing, so only good. because. It okay. It it's not quite a comedy. It's not quite a drama. It's not quite anything. It's in between a lot of different categories, and it cannot quite be pigeonholed. It is what they call in the industry a tweener, not because it ap- appeals to tweens, but because it's in between a lot of different categories. It can't quite be defined. Yeah, but that's the thing is that like, um, I mean, just okay. Imagine you have the most brilliant comedian working today, and you're and a network just says, "Here's some money. Do whatever you want to do." Yes. That's how this happened. Yes. Like he had a couple different options, but uh, some of the other channels uh, wanted to run with the show, but they wanted to have input. Yes. FX was like, "No, just we'll put it on our channel. You do whatever you want, and oh, it's amazing." Just don't use the f word or show boobs, and you'll be fine. Yeah, um, and even then, they do it sometimes. They just they just <laughs> censor it. Like yeah. they they drop the f bomb, it's just beeped out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like it's it's the only show I can think of on TV that does absurdism, like true absurdism. Yes, true absurdism. Like the, the thing absurdity is that, of life. The thing that I love about this show is that they kind of take the idea of a joke and translate it into real life. So okay, so the prime example is in its pilot episode in the first season. There's a scene where Louis is going out with this girl on a first date. <laughs> Towards the end of their first date, they're sitting on a park bench, and Louis says to the girl, I love you. The girl looks at him, terrified, and she starts running away. She stands up, and she <laughs> runs away. Louis looks at her, dumbfounded. She runs and runs and runs and runs. A helicopter comes down for her. She climbs up the rope ladder of the helicopter, and basically the helicopter takes her away into the skyline. And Louis just sits there going... Ah shit! <laughs> like something about it's that. Just great. He it's... takes that. He takes the idea and the absurd kind of like ex- he just extrapolates the concept, and instead of like you know just making it hyperbole, he turns it into an actual visual concept that you will see on screen. And something about that 
something about that kind of translation is just brilliant. Yeah. I love the show so much. If, if it could, I want the show to win every award ever. <laughs> I agree. Um, I hope it does. I don't yeah. know. What, what else is like your favorite pick over here? Uh, see, that's the thing. Louis and Parks and Rec are my two, probably two of my favorite shows ever. Mm-hmm. Well, with the same uh, sentiment that I had for Mad Men being like a goodbye, here's an award. You think Parks and Rec deserves it? I think Parks and Rec, well, I don't know about deserves. Oh, we'll get it. They're definitely a great show. Definitely one of the better like ensemble casts on network television. But they're probably also going to get the award just because they're no longer um, you know, airing. Also, like, this is the most competitive. Because I can see... Any of these winning. That is true. These are all well-written, well-acted, very well-produced shows. Oh, I'm, I'm an idiot. I, I do watch the Inbreakable Commission. I got confused with a different show. So, I, so the only show I don't watch is Veep. Okay. And even that, I've heard such good things about it. I it's, think, it's in its though, fourth season, so it has to be amazing. I think Transparent might take this one. Yeah? Transparent is really, really well-made. It's the least comedic out of all. I mean, most of these can be described as broad comedy. Yes. I mean, we talked about Louis' absurdism. Mm-hmm. Parson and Rick is so, it's, it's so wonderful because it just gives you so much good feeling inside. It's it's the least cynical. Just I, if we all could be more like Leslie Nope, the world would be a better place. It's also the birth of Fat Pratt. Fat Pratt. Yeah. Hashtag Fat Pratt. Yeah. Um, He's gonna go back to that. He says. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think Transparent might take this, not just because it's a great show, but also because of the relevance. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna take it though. It's just it's Amazon. It's weird. Um, I think you're right with Parks and Rec. I think Parks and Rec or Louis could take it because Louis was groundbreaking. This well, season. well, well. Here's the thing though: Silicon Valley. It's Silicon good. Valley it's on good. HBO. It's not Emmy award winning good. It is damn good though. I love that show. It's so funny. Probably one of the better, best casts on TV, I it's think. It's so funny. They have like these great improvers and great comedians just like in the same team. They've got uh, TJ Miller who's going to be in a new Deadpool movie. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and Johnny, the best brown guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Transparent... He's like the brown Michael Pena. Tra- Transparent might take this only because um, it's so relevant now, you know? Like with yeah. the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing, um, the whole debate on um, identification and gender, gay. yeah, and the gay thing. Yeah. Um, so you know how, like, how... I mean, I'm not saying that uh, Glory won because of... Not Glory, sorry. Selma. Selma. Selma won because of that. But, you know, relevance... Oh, Selma got snubbed. Yeah. Oh, that is true. Selma got snubbed for everything. But... Um, you know, these things do kind of matter. The relevance, the timing. So, Transparent could take it, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that is to the Emmys. There's a whole bunch of other categories. Yeah. But and in general, I don't put a lot of stock in award shows. Like, especially the fucking... The Grammys, I think, is the stupidest award shows. And <laughs> But Emmys, I, I think they more often than not get it kind of right. Yeah? Yeah, Emmys and the Oscars, I think, yeah. It's okay. just so hard because I feel like the Emmys is probably the most competitive mm. of all the award shows. I think, yeah, definitely right, yeah. Because, like... I don't know, man. Like it's 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 just like there's so much amazing stuff going on TV right now, especially like considering the fact that you have like a list. Okay, maybe not a list, but like B and a half list actors of Hollywood like being in TV shows. It's crazy, man. It's a crazy time we're living in, John. It's great, I love it. So have we done? Have we done enough news? I think so. All right. That's what's that's what happened this week, you guys. What's next? Favorite thing. Favorite, Favorite thing. thing. So um, this is a segment where we discuss um, a certain category, and we discuss our favorite thing within that category. Yeah. Um, so if you ever want to submit suggestions of what our next favorite thing might be, 
feel free to suggest on Facebook, over email, or however it is you feel like contacting us. I'm yeah. sure you guys, if you're savvy enough to find a podcast, you're savvy enough to contact yeah. us, really. And what, why is this category? It's, it's basically like, you know, it's just one of those random things I thought of. Just like, sometimes when you're hanging with a friend, you just want to talk about something random, like, like your favorite blank. So something what do we like? What do you want to talk about this week, Nathan? Let's talk about favorite 90s cartoons. Oh yeah. So, um, I grew up in the 90s. I'm assuming you did as well. For the most part, yes. For the most part. And, dude, 90s cartoons just takes me back, man. Takes me back to a good, good time. That time where, like, I would come home from school. School used to end at, like, 1.30. Mm-hmm. School used to end at 1.30. I'd get home, sit in front of the TV put my lunch in front of me and have lunch at 2 o'clock before tuition at 4 p.m. <laughs> and just watch cartoons on you like... Kids, you're Singaporean kids with your tuition, your tutorials. Man, just, just play. It, it, Go it, play. Is, it is pretty full of shit. Yeah. Um, anyway. I wasn't even that good of a student. But yeah, I still remember that precious time, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Because like, 4 p.m. was my math tuition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like in between like those, those sweet two hours... I would just catch like Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, whatever it was. I would just sit in front with like my lunch and just watch those cartoons and just yeah. disappear into that world. It's, it yeah. was it was a really good time, man. And when I was a kid, I must have been like uh, 10 or 11. Yeah. I used to watch cartoons all the time. I was like... I you, when you were 10 or 11, you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, nice. Man. Or younger. Yeah. Weren't you a kid when you were 10 or 11? I was getting there. No, I was just saying. When I was 10 or 11, my parents... <laughs> my parents... Um, just out of no, out of the blue, canceled uh, Disney Channel, and I don't think I ever recovered. Oh come on! Just one day I ch- tuned in, and it was scrambled. And until this day, John has never spoken to his parents. I mean, we try not to talk about it. Um, every once in a while, it does sneak in. Um, I try to, you know, kind of tiptoe around it as carefully as possible. So let's all be sensitive here. All well, right. You take away Disney, I take away your life mm. from my mind because they're dead to me they're not really dead they're yeah. dead to me yes yes i hate you mommy took away <laughs> took away it was really traumatic anyway so nathan my favorite tv show wait wait pause 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 nickelodeon disney channel cartoon network which one Ooh. it's gotta be disney channel disney channel yeah i think so looking at, i'm thinking about what was on everything and i think i think my favorite shows Hmm, that's a tough one. That's a really tough yeah. one. Mine is definitely Cartoon Network, though. Only because of Disney Channel. Like, See, every me, time I, I, Cartoon Network's on the bottom for me, actually. For ooh. sure. It's between For me, it's between Nick and... For me, Disney. it's like, because of Disney Channel, every time I flip to it, everyone, like most times you kind of like catch some shitty new like princessy show that's happening. Yeah, that's the thing, is that I, back in my back in my day, this was before all those like shitty like girl... like like There were like, solid cartoons like based on, you know, like the... Real life. Real, real shit. <laughs> Darkening <laughs> Duck. The streets. Anyway, but anyway, so favorite thing, my favorite, um, my favorite TV show of all time was not from Disney Channel though. Let me just play this. Doesn't that take you back? Mm-hmm. Oh, Tommy, you slipped. Oh, I love this. That's right. Well. My favorite TV show, uh, my favorite '90s cartoon. This is, is this is like the theme song that everyone can play on the piano. Yeah, and I can't. Except you. Yeah. Yes. Rugrats. Rugrats. Rugrats was such a good show. Chucky, Tommy, Phil, Dill, Angelica, Lil. It's Dill came later. Oh shit! Yeah, Phil. You yeah, fucked and it Lil. up. Who else is there? Yeah. Um, was a, there a black kid? No, oh, there's a black girl. Uh, they all came later. Who was the black girl? Sharon. Cute. I don't know. 
Tequania? No, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Siobhan! <laughs> no, but I mean, the original cast was, you know, Tommy, Chucky, Phil, Lil, Angelica. Anyway, I always identified with Chucky. Why? I don't know. I just, there was something about his ginger awkwardness. Problems? Maybe. Yeah. As an Asian, I'm like the ginger of society living in America. Okay. But Chucky I'll, I'll just go got it, man. Like, one of my favorite quotes is uh, is from Chucky. Mm. He goes, um... The episode is from when uh, Chucky's first haircut. Yeah. He goes, life is so hard, Tommy. Sometimes I think it's the hardest thing there is. It's fucking deep. That's deep shit, man. It's deep, man. I really loved, like, Rugrats. I remember in the start of every episode, they would have, like, a really super zoomed-in perspective of something. Mm. And you'd always go, like, what is that? What's going on? What's going on? From Tommy's POV. Oh, someone's having a haircut. And you keep zooming in. Oh, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Oh, someone's spreading peanut butter on a sandwich. (laughs) I, I just love those, like, tiny little, like fun zoomed in things that they have at the start of every every episode and, like you remember when they had their um, holiday specials like they had the one for, for Passover they yeah, talked yeah, like yeah. Rugrats talked about Passover was <laughs> and it I just I just remember like because this was on it was on late right at least yeah. in the states it was on like 8 or 9 it was like before Nick at Night okay and I just remember this was the first time I entered my consciousness of like this is something well thought out like that could appeal to adults as well. Yes. Like, I, I, I knew that this was a cartoon, but I knew it also appealed to older demographics. And, like, the stuff, I, I feel like I would one day go back and, and listen to all these, like, for example, I just Googled before, like, quotes from Rugrats. Or, yeah. Because I knew there's a lot of deep stuff. And, like, for example, like, there's one where Angelica goes, yeah, she, yeah, I got responsibilities now. Responsibilities? Question mark. That means I'm not allowed to have fun anymore for the rest of my life. <laughs> Angelica. I would go over kids' heads, right? But it's like it's Angelica was such a bitch. She was. She was just just because she was like two years older than everyone. She was nasty. She was a nasty girl. Here's another quote. This one's from actually this is from Rugrats All Grown Up, which by the way blew my mind nope, when I heard that nope, was coming. That's out. wrong. It's all growed up. Growed up. Growed up. I'm sorry. Hi, right, this is Chucky saying. I've always said that the key to happiness is lowered expectations. <laughs> it's true, man. Hashtag truth. The Rugrats was written by some very smart people. Yeah, man. Some real lessons in life there. Really is. <laughs> and you know, just a couple months ago, Kristen Kavanaugh, the voice of Chucky, the voice of Dexter on Dexter's Laboratory, yeah. the voice of Babe the Big, she died. 51 Wait. years old. No one knows how. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking she is very young, right? Yeah, 51, yeah. Wow. Bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kristen Kavanaugh. You brought joy to many children's lives and adults your voice. and adults and adults that'll do thank you for babe. bringing families together that'll do what's your favorite bro wow okay so my favorite car 90s cartoon um well it's, it's kind of strange to say because it is still currently going mm-hmm. it's the longest running cartoon ever really but it was the simpsons yeah it it i can't say it's my favorite now but the simpsons was my favorite cartoon as a kid I'll be honest, one of the main reasons why I loved it so much was because um, my brother liked it a lot. And you know, as when you're a kid, you look up look to your up older to brother <laughs> yeah. and you try to like the same things that your older brother likes and you try to impress him by like having obscure references to things that he likes, things like that. And you know, that's just kind of how you grew up as a kid. Um, but I remember like trying to like it so much because he liked it so much. And when I watched it, something about it really did get me. And here's the thing. Um, I think why I like this show so much is because... I always felt that there was something new in every rewatch because Simpsons was out basically around the time that I was born, more or less. And when I was younger, I would watch these episodes and so many of these jokes just like fly past my head. Over your head, totally. I don't understand. Literally, I don't, like with Simpsons especially, because Rugrats was a show designed for kids. Simpsons was not strictly that. 
Like literally 85% of the jokes just flew right past my head. I had no idea what they were talking about. But then I would find that when I watched reruns, you know, like maybe months or years later, then I started going like, huh, what's that? Huh, what's that? And I guess that's another reason why I love that show, that it would start conversations and dialogues that I would, that I would just like t- ask my brother, like, well, what's he talking about? What is that? What does that joke mean? What's alcoholism? Why is he drinking so much? Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Um, but I don't know. It just, it just takes me back to a better time. You yeah. Know? This, these two shows, Simpsons, because Simpsons was huge for me in the 90s. Yes. I loved it so much. And yeah. I cry every day when I think about the state of it nowadays. Yeah. But anyway, um, these are the two shows, Rugrats and Simpsons, where I'm like, oh, I can't wait for eight, uh, whatever it was, seven, yeah, Simpsons yeah, was yeah. seven, I can't wait for seven o'clock in this new Simpsons episode, I can't wait for eight, nine, whatever it was, Rugrats. It's for just... me, it was 6 p.m. every weekday, there will be a new, uh, an episode of Simpsons on mm. Star World, Channel 18, <laughs> Channel 18, 6 p.m., there's a new episode of Simpsons on Star World. Right now, Star World is on like Channel 560, God whatever. knows what, I don't watch it anymore. It was like something about... Just that cartoon got to me. Like I was very impressionable as a kid, and it would just kind of get me. And speaking of getting to me, and speaking of crying, oh. holy shit, man. Simpsons <laughs> could really do that to you. Especially in its earlier seasons. The The first two references that I thought about... Um, I see what you're bringing up. Yeah. yeah. The first two references I thought about. The first one was, um, I think it was something to do with Lisa's birthday. Um, but You think? <laughs> no, really? the, the the whole episode has something to do with Lisa's birthday. Yeah, because um, uh, uh, she kept saying Bart, it's my birthday. She kept saying to Bart, "You always forget my birthday." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't forget it this yeah. time. And Bart is, of course, you know, the typical. He's he's he he's a cute kid, but he's sometimes very mean and sometimes very like mischievous and like kind of dumb. Um, but basically, um, you have um, the Michael Jackson impersonator, voiced by the actual Michael Jackson, yeah. write a song for Lisa's birthday um, with. Bart basically giving that as a birthday present. So here's a clip from that. You like your present? And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like early 90s, man. Michael Jackson's at his peak. You gave me the gift of a little sister, and I'm proud of you today. Really gets to you, huh? Just right there, I got chills. Like I literally just got chills while watching it. Yeah, I can see they're multiplying. Too. And like something about that was just like, I don't know, Bart being so sweet to his sister because he, I mean, Bart doesn't hate his sister, of course. It's yeah. just that like most times he's kind of mean to her, and to finally see him kind of just like be sweet to her and really just show him that like he loves her as a sister and write this song with the Michael Jackson impersonator. Something Holy about crap. that. Something about is that this is the so thing sweet. that started you on the road to becoming a musician yourself? Probably not. Oh, um, that would have been cool. You should have just said yes. <laughs> sure. That but, would, we could have had an amazing moment here. But something about that was just so sweet. That's beautiful. Know? It I really, really is beautiful. That. And then, of course, there's the other episode where um, it goes back to... There's a flashback of... Um, <gasps> oh, yeah, it's, it's a flashback episode of um, Maggie being born. And um, at the time, Homer was not working at the power plant. So Homer, you know, of course, it it, it kind of just had that 
real life struggle of a father trying to provide for his family and a third child and his two other kids are already kind of just going insane you know you have this older boy who is just kind of like the most the naughtiest kid ever you have this daughter with all the potential in the world and you have this new daughter coming into the world and like you're trying to provide for your family you're trying to get money for them and make sure that they live full and happy lives so he takes this job at the nuclear power plant it pays well although he's in no way interested in it at all. You know, it's not his passion, it's not what he wants to do, but he gives all of that up to provide for his family. And towards the end of the episode, you have Mr. Burns put up a picture on the wall saying, don't forget, you're here forever. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Burns puts that right in front of his face in Homer's right, right, face. Right in front of Homer's workstation. Yeah, and he says, don't forget, you're here forever. What Homer does is he takes photos of Maggie and him he puts it all over. He blocks out the letters. And it says, do it for her. Aww. And right now, just talking about it, I feel kind of like... Is, is this the same getting, episode? I think it's the same dusty. episode. It's getting dusty in here. Yeah, just there's, thinking there's about ninjas it. cutting invisible onions. Uh, but like, I think also, I think this might be the same episode because it's the one where like Homer's up. Uh, Bart's like four or five and he keeps calling... Um, Homer wants him to call him Homer, but he... Uh, call him daddy, but he keeps yeah. saying, Homer, Homer, yeah. Homer. And then at the end of the... Is it the same episode? I don't With think Maggie's so. first and like only word, basically? I don't think so. All right, let me just play this. This If, you, if you're choked up there. Play here. it. I hope you never say a word. Daddy. Oh, geez. Something she about those old, something about those older episodes. They can really cut you like a knife, man. So man. good. Like nowadays, it's just kind of rife with pop culture references and like um, super big oh, explosions. Oh man, this is just things. totally really bringing me back. Cause like, remember that episode where Homer almost had an affair, but then he chose not to. Yes. Oh, that was really good too. This some. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I'm gonna go back and rewatch from yeah. like season. Like when they made the animation season, season one, two. season one to eight. The season one was crap, yeah. right? That's when they had the really bad animation. But yeah, and like I remember, like they were the like, really experimental stuff, like the one where they jumped to the future with like the three D, the three D thing going. No, on, right? Yes, but the one I was talking about though is the one where like Lisa goes to a fair and they read her future, and Hugh Grant's like her husband to be. Oh, that one. Yeah, 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 and like yeah. the all the all the Halloween episodes, the Tree Houses of Horror, so good. Yeah, Simpsons is such a good show. I love that show. It just said, uh, oh my gosh, like I just remember just sobbing like a little baby watching these episodes throughout my life not just as a kid as a kid as a teenager as a young adult like this show can really get to me man something so about good. it yeah i love that show right. that's our favorite shows hey yeah oh a bonus round bonus. nathan what's your favorite cartoon theme song <laughs> theme song okay so when it comes to theme songs simpsons of course is a classic one but that's kind of boring for me <laughs> my favorite cartoon theme song came from Cow and Chicken. Do you know that one? <laughs> I do. It's from Cartoon Network. I never really watched it, but I know the theme song for some reason. It's from Cartoon Network. It's basically, it, the show is the title. It's about a cow and a chicken growing up in a normal household with a normal mom and dad. <laughs> and the theme song was simple as hell, but I loved it. Here's the theme song for all of you guys. Um, here's some nostalgia if you, if you haven't listened to it in a while. Mama had a chicken. Mama had a cow. Dad was proud. You didn't care <laughs> it's so dumb it really it's, is very it's rocking guitar it's not really it's not even a song to be yeah. honest it's not even a song and then the red guy that weird red devil looking thing okay why well, that's, that's a good one okay my favorite dude I think just Disney Channel 
had theme songs on lockdown, man. I had like so many I had in mind. I was like, is it Chippendales? Is it Darkwing Duck? Is it uh, Tailspin? Nope. It's got to be the one and only. Oh, you feel it? Like, don't you feel that adventure? Like you're ready to go on a journey? Marching along as the song fills the air. Mm, oh, yeah. Someone needs to make this into a club remix. I'll fucking dance my ass out to that. <laughs> Gummy Bears, man. This shit was the bomb. I never watched that show. I'm Dude, it's so good. It. Gummy Bears is one of my favorite. Because t- like, I think I'm like a slight genera- like mini half generation before yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And like this this Gummy Bears, Chippendales, these are my jam. Like, yeah, these are so good. It looks like a good show. It's so good. Never did watch it. But yeah, I just remember like just as you were dancing right there, I just remember being a kid, like like when I ever, whenever I heard these like familiar theme songs, be it Cow and Chicken, Dexter's Laboratory, SpongeBob, whatever it was, I remember like just dancing all over the room. But you have to, you yeah. can't not. As those theme songs came out, I would just go on like a super crazy dance fest by myself in the room, and then like once the show starts, I'll just like lie down in bed again and like right, <laughs> tell me your stories. But man, those were good. Fucking times, man. Whatever happened to those times? Nowadays, I watch everything grew, on my grew, freaking we laptop. We grew up, Nathan. <sighs> we, we grew up. We, we have responsibilities. Yeah. We can't enjoy anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This was, those are good times. And, like, that's why it kind of kills me nowadays to see, like, kids enjoying stuff not no longer the same. Like, to see... word Make words properly, Nathan. It kills me to see kids enjoy, like, freaking the Kim Kardashian game. Huh. Or, like, the latest Angry Birds app. <laughs> Or things like that. Like, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Like, like nowadays, like, kids programming, it just doesn't have that same flair. Like, you know what I will say, and I don't know if this is entirely right, but I feel like a lot of shows in, when we were kids had, like, morals behind it. Yeah. But like, now it, now it's just pretty much, like, empowering. Like, you're cool, you're amazing, you're number one, and that's giving birth to a whole... You're not, you snot, you're a, a fucking piece freaking of shit. breed of entitled... Bastard. Okay, listen. Okay, listen. To this. It's from Wawa Wubsy. What the hell is this shit? It's it's a cartoon apparently uh, that kids watch nowadays. And listen, listen to this song that okay. they have over here. It's called "You Are the Coolest." Okay. So it's about being yourself. Well, you, don't, you don't want kids to be themselves, Nathan? Well, not really. It's it's kind of like... It's just telling people not to try. <laughs> like, you are the coolest. You know, you're amazing. You're number one. Uh, you don't have to do anything. Just huh, We're getting into interesting territory. Because you know what I've been thinking about lately? Like, there's... Uh, there was a report that came out. I don't really remember, and I don't really want to talk about it too much. But like, there's something about how like Americans don't realize how overweight they are growing up. So it's like, it's that kind of idea of like, you're fine just the way you are. You're beautiful, but like, does that is mm. that kind of same Tory territory? Then because then you have children that are like generally going to have health problems because yeah. But but see, and like I, this again, come from a kid who grew up fat. I'm a chubby mm. kid. I'm trying to lose weight now for health reasons yeah. for. Aesthetic reasons, whatever you have you. Yeah. But, like, what do you think about that? Like, See, cartoons back then actually did address these things. But they did so tactfully and <clears> they did so intelligently. I remember in Hey Arnold, remember that uh, yeah, cartoon? Yeah, football head, yeah. Yeah, there was a character called Harold or something, the big bully. And he would, like, the whole thing about why he was a bully was because people made fun of him being fat. Mm. And, like, when I saw that and as a kid, I understood because I was a fat kid, of course. And I remember watching it and going, like, oh, 
poor Harold. Yeah. You know? I, and now, I, now I know why he's so mean, because people are mean to him for being fat. And of course, nowadays in cartoons, they'd have none of that, because it's all about, like, you're amazing, you're number one, you're perfect, just the way you are. And of course, self-empowerment is important. It's important, yeah. But, you know, don't make it the freaking cornerstone of every damn thing you do in cartoons. I think that's the key. It's like, don't make it the main cornerstone. Yeah. It's like, Yeah. And freaking Dora the Explorer. Need I say more? Like, half the time she's just looking at you, waiting for you to answer to the screen. I mean, edutainment was one of my favorite things. Like, Magic School Bus? See, that is edutainment done right. So good. Magic School Bus, Sesame Street. Bill Nye the Science Guy? I love that stuff. Yeah, not Dora the Explorer looking at you with a blank stare, waiting for you to say something in Spanish. I don't really know. I think it's more for, like, seven, eight-year-olds. I don't know. I just think it's bullshit. Me llamo John. It's just bullshit. (laughs) I don't, I, I, I don't like it it's ri- see like my whole thing my whole theory of people that write like children's stuff is basically people that tried to write stuff for adults but didn't pan out mm. and they end up writing for kids uh, of course no no no, no. Yeah. some of them do have a talent for it sure some of them do have a talent a for, passion it, and, for it yeah and they do it well people that write shows like Spongebob or Gummy Bears or Hey Arnold you know actual Rugrats like things with actual substance and with content you know but then you have people that write things for Wawa Wubsy and Dora the Explorer and freaking like, oh, I can't think of any other shows yeah. right now. Like um, uh, uh, High Five or something. You know, just kind of brainless slop mm. that you just kind of feed kids like massively because you know that they're going to like it. <laughs> and it's just, it's crap. It really is just nonsense. I don't know. I don't know what kind of point I'm Who trying knows? to make here. But I'm just trying to say that mad as hell he's not going to take any for about something. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man, that kids need to watch better television and stop playing that Kim Kardashian game on your yeah, phone. That's so weird. Stop it. Stop your kids from playing Kim Kardashian. <laughs> All right, though, that was the cartoon <laughs> hour with John and Nathan. That was me getting angry. <laughs> that was me getting angry. At well, children. it wouldn't be an episode of Good Hang if you didn't get angry at children at some point. <laughs> so that's our favorite thing with a little mini bonus favorite cartoon theme song. <laughs> Alright, last segment. Check this shit out. Play that music, white boy. Whoops. Nathan <laughs> dropped his pen from his mouth onto his computer. <laughs> um, yeah, so this John. is a perfect segue. So we've been talking about cartoons. and I guess we have time to talk about one more. Because last week you challenged me to check out Archer. Mm. And I freaking loved it. A very different kind of cartoon. A very, diff- very, very different kind of cartoon. So this is from FX, the same station that gives us Louie. And honestly, I don't know why I didn't check this out earlier. It's brilliant. It's perfect for me, too. The humor is on point. The references are really good. I think what kind of held me up was like I, the animation. There was something about the animation that I didn't. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like how the thick, the thick black outlines. I don't know what it was, but man. I love it, man. It's so. It it looks very. Something about it looks very seventies. Yeah. No, that's the thing is that you don't watch it, but there it's like Mad Men meets James Bond meets STDs meets. <laughs> meets STDs. Animal House. It's just no, it's the, hilarious. The, it, it's even, so funny. Even the setting and the time are they're very non-specific. Yeah, they're they're all over the place in terms of timing. But it's like seventies yeah. with like current stuff. But it's yeah. it's basically Mad Men. Like they work. ISIS is Mad Men. Yeah. Just is. Yeah. Like and then they go out and they do spy stuff. And it was really funny. Thank you for recommending this. I just... I love this show. I personally love the show because they they get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like for a show that's on a network, I mean, give granted it's on cable, but it's not deep cable. It's on basic cable. <laughs> And they're showing, like, they get away with so much violence, so much, like, um, homo, like, just gay, dirty, dirty gay jokes. jokes, alcoholic jokes, fat jokes, anal jokes. I, I love, they that, go they, there. They I go love there. that they get away with so much. They go there, man. They show simulated sex. It's really great. Yeah. Man, it's John Benjamin, who's the voice of Bob Archer and Bob's from Bob's Burger. Yeah. And I, he writes on it, too, right? He's yes. a genius. He's brilliant. And his voice, like, 
His voice does not match his it face. It doesn't match the face. Yeah. Either the animated one or the... No, the Arch Sterling. You're talking about Sterling Archer, right? Yeah. It's like... it's, But it just works. I, I love the show so much. It's just like... It's such a weird show. I mm. love it. It's such a strange little like hidden show that not that many people watch. But the people that do watch it have a very dedicated fan base. Um, it's a goddamn gem, I tell you. I love it. Um, what was I going to say about it? I can't remember right now. It's funny and it's really good. All those things. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, if you have if you haven't caught it, check it out. Oh, and I remember, um, it doesn't get worse. It gets better. The show actually gets better as the seasons go. Yeah, the first couple episodes yeah. of the first season, I was kind of rough, but then it's yeah. like they hit a sweet spot. I'm completely season caught up. Episode five, I think. It's I'm completely so caught up, and the show just gets better and better and better and better. Um, they do hit a slight bump in the latest season, mainly because of a writing hitch that you kind of need to you need to ignore because the the name of the organization is ISIS. <laughs> ISIS, yeah. And ever since um, recent events, they have to change their name. And they didn't quite address why because, you know, they wanted it to be a bit PC. And for this show, I know it's not natural for it to be very PC. But they wanted it to be sensitive. So they 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 basically removed the title ISIS from their spy agency. Well, they did like a reboot, right? They became, It became like Miami Vice. And then when they came oh, back, it yeah. was they were working for the CIA. Whatever. I don't care. They can do whatever they want. I, I will, this is the... Of the shows that Raisins have recommended, this is the one I'm sure I'm definitely going to watch until and catch up and become one of my shows that I watch. It's so funny. Get so into if you the Danger it, Zone. Danger Zone. <laughs> Love those references, man. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. And the show that you told me to check out yeah. wasn't really a show, wasn't really a movie. one off. I don't know what the hell it was. Yeah, one off, I guess. It was an HBO sports special. Seven minutes in hell. <laughs> seven days. Seven days. Sorry. Seven days in hell. Um, <laughs> seven minutes would be like it bearable. That, no, that was the other the seven minutes in heaven. That's a game, That's right? the thing in the closet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seven days in hell. Um, I, when, I, when I watched this, after I was finished watching it, I really wished that like this was going to be an ongoing series. Like I hope they, mm. do, I hope they do more of these. Like because they had, they, it was called HBO's Legends of Sport. Seven days in hell. I hope that they, they do more yeah. than good. Like I hope that they have more Legends of Sports thing where they basically make more shows like this. Okay, so what Seven Days in Hell is, it's basically a um fictionalized uh Wimbledon match between two fake tennis players played by Andy Samberg and Kit Harrington, yeah. who plays Jon Snow. Um and they basic and they pretty much they play a, a tennis match that lasts seven straight days. Yeah, for Different of, reasons, yeah. Because apparently that is possible. I mean, the longest tennis match recorded in history is like, what, three days? I don't know. <laughs> or something like that. But So so it is it is not impossible for it to happen, but for it to go seven days is absurd. And of course, that is what they kind of go for, the absurd. So um, this match goes on between a, um old-school American uh, ex-tennis star, Andy The adopted Sandberg, brother of the Venus, of Venus, Venus and Serena, Serena Williams. Versus like the new hot British... Um, tennis player played by Kit Harrington. It's incredibly stupid. And indubitably. Indubitably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dubitably. And if you haven't seen it, please check it out. Check it out. Definitely worth it. I do do recommend that you do not watch this in public. Yeah, don't do that. I made the mistake... I forgot to tell Nathan that. I made the mistake of watching this in public in between traveling from here to filming. And there are dicks. There are... A good amount of dicks. There are in this dicks show. are plenty. Yeah. Always used for humor. See, like I, I was expecting some dicks because you know it is HBO, it's and, not TV, and it, it's and HBO. it is Andy Andy Samberg. So I was expecting like maybe two dicks. I would have oh, been no. I would have been fine if two dicks. Plenty of dicks. But they were at least like twelve. Most of them are animated. There there are like three real dicks and like twenty animated dicks in this. So Wait, were I, there real dicks? There were real balls. Was there real dicks? I, I think there were real dicks. The streaker. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. 
I would recommend to not watch this in public, you know, unless you don't mind people peeking in on that strangeness going on in your screen. Because some very strange stuff happens on screen. So be careful there. But it was hilarious. So funny. Um, Probably the densest laugh per minute thing I've seen in a very long time. I was laughing nonstop. For me, it was just great cast. Mm. The amount of people that they got. They got the Venus cast is Williams. legendary. They got John McEnroe. They got David Copperfield. They got freaking Lena Dunham. They got Karen Gillum of, uh, what's this called? Doctor Who. Doctor Who. They got Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen, Michael, Sh- Michael, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen was so funny. They got Michael Sheen. They got Howie Mandel. Like, they had a really stellar cast for mm. such a... Like, it was basically a one-off that, you, like, they didn't hype up that much. But you, they had an amazing cast Yeah, and I, I watched it twice, right? Like, yeah. so once before I recommended it, once after. And I didn't realize that John Hamm was the narrator. No clue. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. He's a funny guy. But I love that they had David Copperfield appear in a strangest role. Yeah. My, my favorite line is that, yeah, and you need to know that this was before cocaine was illegal. And then the it's guy, been illegal. And the guy off screen goes like, uh, David, it's always been illegal. And he just gives like the best stare ever. <laughs> he's like, I, I grew up watching David Copperfield. Me too. Magic, he's my man. man. I yeah. saw him live once. It was great. Awesome. Cut himself in half and just walk around with his legs. What? So cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great recommendation. Very strange recommendation. Uh, so if you do have 45 minutes to spare, and of course you do. Of course you do. Um, check out Seven Days in Hell. Um, very interesting one-off kind of short film. So funny. So So what are we going to check out next week, John? All right, we're doing something a little different this week, listeners. We're going to recommend something to each other that we've, neither of us, we're both going to recommend something to each other that we haven't seen. Something we haven't seen. Yes. So we're going to watch the same thing this week and basically uh, come back next week and talk about it. All right, so yeah. So (laughs) something that we both now have not seen, but Nathan wanted to watch this thing and brought to my attention, saw the trailer, looks great. What's it called? It is called Love is Strange. It's a movie uh, that came out earlier this year, starring John Lithgow, who is from Third Rock of the Sun fame, mm-hmm. and Alfred Molina, who is Dr. Octopus and other things. Um, and it's basically a show, a, a movie about two elder, older men getting married and kind of the trials and tribulations that they go through in the first few months of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't know much beyond that, but I love these two actors. I love the idea. And I just want to see how they pull it off. You just love the gays, don't we? I love the gays. Love them gays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we figured that it would be a cool thing to check out. You know, nice and relevant. Amazing actors. Cool movie. Pretty decently nice rating on Rotten Tomatoes, if I should add. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we maybe we'll just try out, you know, this whole check the shit out. We'll just watch the same thing and then talk about the same thing next week and yeah, see how that good. works out. It's also less work for you. So now you just got to check out one thing. One thing. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of that uh, one thing, uh, before we leave the listener uh, for, for the week, um, I've been reading Ready Player One. No, yes, you have. Yes. And I got this idea, John. Um, for those of uh, you listening and you don't know, we did try to, we, we, we're trying out this new thing called the Good Hang Book, book Club. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reading a book does take some time. So instead of doing it week to week, we're going to do like a monthly book club kind of thing. So yeah. every four episodes, we're going to talk about a book. So instead of doing it during an episode, um, why not we do a separate episode just for the book? A little mini episode, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, like a mini, maybe half an hour, 45 minute episode dedicated to discussing um, the book of the month. Ooh. So You know what this means, right? Means you have to write more music. Woo-hoo! Probably will have yeah. to. So uh, for those of you that haven't started on Ready Player One, I'm halfway through it, and I must say the recommendation is spot on. Oh. It's an amazing. It really is an amazing book. Trust me, if you half luck this podcast at all, you will love this book. It's an amazing book. It's so well thought of. I like, reread it in three days. The world is just like 
oh, the world is amazing. Like, it's the first book that I actually do not want to put down in a very long time. Yep. Um, so if you want to join in on this craziness, this amazing world that we're all yep. kind of like diving into, um, read the book along with us. We're going to have a mini episode at the end of the month. And we're going to just talk at length about yeah. the themes behind the book, the story of the book. And we're just going to try this out, you know, see if this is something that you guys might be interested in. You should, though. I mean, like we'll, so we'll do it. We'll say first week of August, right? So yeah. you have quite a bit of time to read it. It's yeah. Trust me, you guys will like this book. And it, and if you've already read this book, perfect. Just tune in and yeah. maybe have some questions for us and then we'll yeah. don't talk about it. Also, books are good for you. They're things. Um, so They are. They are very much things. Yeah. So... Once again, listeners, thank you very much for listening. Um, to I love the, you. I love you very much. Love thank you, you very so much, much for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Next week? Next week. I'm, I'm leaving as a Where? question. So it's like, will they be back? We might not be. We'll see you next week. We probably will. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. Bye. And I just don't know how they learned all the things about my mother. Like, how did they know that she's a crack whore who sucks dicks all the time? How do they know, Nathan?